0: listening
3: to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Welcome in everybody, Fox
7: Sports Radio. I don't know what the heck the guys are doing upstairs. How dare they put Arnie Spanier's Let's name go. before me? Let's go. Jason Martin out.
8: Let's go. Arnie
7: Spanier out past his
8: bedtime.
7: What's going on, old man?
8: How you doing? You know, usually I'm out partying now. Actually, I was at a party earlier tonight. And I had to say I had to go. It was a big party. It was at the pool clubhouse with all the other old people in the okay. in the neighborhood. And uh, I said, Should, "Sorry, I I have to go. It's seven o'clock. It's it's time for me to get ready for the it, show."
7: Isn't that usually when you guys all leave, go to bed, call it a night, all that stuff?
8: Yeah, pretty much anyway. So it didn't make it a lot of prune juice going around. So okay, yeah, it was a it was a big party night among the neighbors. I was the youngest of the bunch. <laughs> I could see I see all the old ladies checking me out too. So wow, I, yeah. How know, it, old do
7: they have to be to be old? Old ladies in your mind like do they not do they not have their own teeth um <laughs> do they all use walkers i mean what are we talking here
8: no 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 walkers or anything like that they're just that's not your type me. yeah, i mean we've all got a type, type yeah. so
7: yeah. <laughs> you got a walker arnie spanier wants nothing to do with you so first of all it's how been a year since i uh, since we uh went ahead and had a show permanently you know that it has been a year since you quit on me, yes, uh, much like Kyrie. We're going to get to Kyrie and LeBron almost reuniting today Ooh. in a second. But it's been a year since you quit on me. Yes, yes, I remember that. So take us all into it. What happened? What was well, the decision? No, just,
8: I just I did a lot of traveling this year. Went to a bunch of places, and um, I needed Saturdays off, so I I had to go. Into, and plus, anyway, let, let's be honest. I'm like the LeBron of Fox Sports Radio. You so are right? old, kind of past your
7: prime. Can't I, play every
8: night. Yep. I wow, got you. Wow. I make everybody better. Like look what I did for Plank because of me. He's won a Golden Mike. You know that, don't you? I don't. So, I know he said it to the SEC soon, but. Yeah, no, he won a golden mic because of me. What does that mean? That's an award you win for being like a top uh, radio guy. Oh, I didn't know that. Congrats yeah. to Chris Plank. Yeah, yeah. Well, who do you think got, got him to that
7: position? Chris Plank. Well, I think do I get any I I don't get yeah, any credit so here. See, you are LeBron. You try to take credit for everything, and nobody else gets credit.
8: Yeah, yeah, I do deserve the credit. Well, you know, they can't. Uh, you can't play by yourself. You have to have, uh, you know, LeBron to win championships. LeBron did it in Miami. LeBron did it in Cleveland. LeBron did it in L.A. You know, Arnie's doing it now for everybody else. So there you go. Where's my award?
7: <laughs> <laughs> what do I got to do to get an award here? What are you really quick? Are
8: you good? What's new? How's Beth? Everything good? Everything's good. Everything's fine. Just did a lot of traveling and uh, just having fun. And uh, Filled missed, in last uh, week, right? For the, I filled in last week America's with Jason Best Radio. How, yes. How'd that go? What'd you guys talk about? Kevin it was Durant. good. I don't remember what the hell we talked about. I have no idea. It all blends from one day to another, but uh, no, it was, it was a good time and uh, looking forward to tonight, for sure. Well, fantastic. Let's get into it. Uh, as we said,
7: uh, the we are reunited. You're LeBron. You're a little old, a little washed up, can't play every uh, night. I'm Kyrie, a little LeBron aloof.
8: LeBron 42 points tonight, did he not, or what?
7: Yeah, playing against, as J.J. Redick would call it, uh, janitors and bus drivers or whatever. Wow. So first of all, what what was your reaction? I think everybody knows by now, but Drew League, uh, it's one of the the pro-am leagues here in Los Angeles. Uh, NBA guys used to show up before everybody was worried about their brand and their this and their that. Uh, But Kyrie, it was first reported, was going to show up at 11 a.m. In typical Kyrie fashion, he never showed up. Then, LeBron did show up, did play. I just saw before we got on air, they had over, I think it was 2,500 in a 1,300-seat gym capacity. Wow. Uh, what'd you make of LeBron showing up? Obviously, it was a little bit disappointing. It Led to a lot of internet stuff, which we can get into in a minute. Um, but uh, LeBron was at the Drew League today. That was pretty I, cool.
8: I think it's fantastic. I really do. I love that everybody comes out. They want to go ahead and see LeBron. They, you know, it's like watching a glorified pickup game. I got to tell you, you know, when I was out in Los Angeles uh, when I first started for the network, I would go play basketball at UCLA, and sometimes I'd go over to the men's gym, you know, because the other gym was closed, and I, I would happen upon. Um, like a full-court basketball game, it'd be Magic Johnson, James Worthy. I mean, I would just sit there for like uh, 20 minutes watching Hall of Famers. So, you know, I could imagine what it's like to come out and, and watch LeBron in just like a regular gym setting and, and playing in a regular setting like that. It had to be a lot of fun, I bet.
7: Yeah, it's interesting that, that uh, the UCLA, they still do it. Uh, it's much more restrictive, even in the last three or four years. I mean, I remember when I first moved to L.A., probably about, uh, I moved here about 10 years ago, but about four or five years ago, I used to go pretty regularly, and the, the, the stars of that era, Westbrook, Harden, all those guys showed up. Now they're much more restrictive. I think they right, take your right. phone at the door. They don't even <laughs> want, Seriously, they
8: don't want – because, you well, know – I know f- there's curtains. They pull – there's the men's gym, which has, like, yes. about three full courts, and they have a curtain that they pull around it, so uh, they'll play all the way at the other end now, so you can't watch or anything like that. Yeah, so
7: that still goes on, but it's much more restrictive. LeBron plays it at uh, – the Drew League today. I'll say this: I, I do think it's really cool. Uh, I criticize for Lebr- uh, Lebron for a lot. We'll get into some of that here in a few minutes. But um, I think it's cool. I mean, I remember about ten, twelve years ago, Rucker Park. Kobe showed up, uh, KD showed up and it does feel like the last, I don't know, four, five, six, seven, eight years. Everybody's so worried about their brand. Everybody's so worried about getting dunked on. Everybody's Mm -hmm. so worried about being viral in the wrong way that nobody does stuff like this. So I do think it's cool. Uh, obviously when we thought Kyrie was going, uh, it led to the natural internet speculation that this could be a preview of things to come. When you saw Kyrie was initially supposed to be there this morning,
8: was your first thought, Oh, Oh, this is the unofficial reunion before the reunion? if you would have asked me is it going to be LeBron and Kyrie or just LeBron or just Kyrie I would have bet just LeBron last I thought okay LeBron's going to go for sure uh, excuse me uh, Kyrie's going to go for sure have some fun maybe showing off his talent and yeah that's what I thought it was going to be all about I thought they were going to play together people were going to say this is the time this is the, going to be the new future Lakers let's get this done this is what, what could be and um, everybody was getting hyped so that, I had that under my impression I I thought this was like a preview of things to come
7: well, it wasn't because Kyrie did not show up. I'm actually a little surprised that you felt like the the most likely scenario was that Kyrie showed up because Kyrie doesn't show up for anything.
8: I know, but that that, that that's the complete. That's why I thought he was going to show up <laughs> just just when you think he's not going to show up for sure. There he is, playing by himself in a basketball game. So uh, maybe I did the reverse psychology. You're right about that. I I don't know. I thought he was going to show up because he was the first rumor there, Aaron. Yes, we, we heard about him coming first. I'm like, okay, Kyrie's going to be there, and we didn't hear anything contradicting that all the way up to game time. That's why I was surprised.
7: So where are you at with the Kyrie LeBron stuff just in general I mean it feels like obviously last night for people who missed it Russell Westbrook uh, and his agent have decided to part ways it essentially seems like his agent insinuated that Russell Westbrook doesn't seem to understand where he is in the pecking order the hierarchy of the NBA uh, you know Russ obviously seeking a trade one that will probably result in him getting a buyout uh, the agent says something to the effect of I-, I think it's best for Russ to to stick it out within Los Angeles and learn under Dar Ham. The point being, it feels as though it's inevitable that eventually uh, Westbrook will be gone, and obviously that would very likely mean that Kyrie comes in. Uh, have you officially anointed them the 2023 champions yet? If Kyrie gets there, I mean, obviously, I know you and Plank have talked about it on your Sunday show, but I haven't. I haven't heard from you. I haven't talked to you. Uh, if and when this Kyrie thing does officially happen, or do you think they're the favorites? I mean, what do you think? What? What?
8: Right, what well, the, well, first, I, well, first, I thought that it was definitely going to happen. It was just a matter of time. I'm like, okay, they're playing hardball. They want this draft pick or that draft pick and they got to work out some details. It's going to take a, a couple of days, maybe maybe a week, but it, but it's going to get done. No doubt in my mind. I thought it was going to get done. Now I'm I'm not so sure. I still think it's better than 50-50 though. Uh, maybe a 75-25 that it, it's going to get done, done somehow. I'm not sure how they're going to pull it off. How it's going to work money-wise, but if Kyrie does end up with the Lakers, um yeah, then I would it, if I had a little extra money, I'd, I'd run the Vegas and put it on the Lakers to win the championship or or get to the NBA really? finals. I, you see, you, what you are not understanding, Aaron, and mm, this is what bothers the hell out of me, Sure, I, because it, it, so many people say this, but if I told you, it, it, forget about Kyrie for a second. If I told you LeBron was going to have the year that he had last year, but he was going to play in 80 games. And that Anthony Davis was going to play in seventy-five plus games, and sure. then and then you had either well, sure, well, but that but that didn't happen last year. No, it did. And even and even if I give you Westbrook in that little threesome there, a guy who averages and he didn't play that great, but his numbers weren't horrible. Um, eighteen a game, seven rebounds, seven assists. He's certainly going to have better numbers than that if if the other two knuckleheads were playing full time. So I I think that they'd have a chance to rebound at least you know, maybe be like a top three seed. But with Kyrie, yeah, I think they would definitely make a run of winning a championship if it was those three.
7: Yeah, I mean, where I got tripped up when you just said, if I told you that LeBron did this, but that – and if, if AD played this many games – the point, the reason that I, well, I, I yeah, LeBron I, plays games; he doesn't get hurt a lot. He doesn't, but AD does. I mean, AD, we have a track record of, of you know, what, ten years now that he essentially can't stay healthy
8: over the course of an eighty-two game season.
7: Certainly over the last five,
8: six years. Yeah, but that's not
7: Westbrook's fault,
8: though. I mean, you, you, you put it on Westbrook. You know, look what you've done to the Lakers. Well, what about Anthony Davis not being healthy enough to go ahead and, and play? What would have put the oh, finger at him? I'm not blaming. Him? I'm not blaming
7: Russell Westbrook because Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. What I'm saying yeah. is, yes, if you can't... Can promise me that Anthony Davis plays 75 games instead of the uh, 40 or whatever that he played this year, and you promise me that Kyrie shows up and doesn't get goofy and weird, and you know, I'm not trying to get you know, political or anything, but there's a new surge in COVID and who knows if there's going to be uh, any kind of restrictions placed on things going forward. I hope not. I, I don't believe it will. But the point I'm trying to make is, yeah, if you can promise me that all these things happen, then, then yes, by the way, then I think they're in the conversation. I think they're in the conversation with Golden State. I think they're in the conversation with Phoenix. I just don't know that, that's go- that all of those things are going to align, and because of it, I think even with Kyrie, it's much less likely that they're probably the the 3-4 the seed, they're competing to go to the finals, but I think they're far from a lock.
8: Well, then you might as well say that LeBron's never going to win a championship, because if you're going to tell me every year, going into the season, that you expect Anthony Davis to miss half his games, and LeBron's But if that's what history tells you, isn't that well, what you should expect? Yeah, but that's because of injuries, not because of choice. Uh, he sooner or later he can't put one year all together and play a full season. I go to expect him to miss every season half the games. I, I mean, there's no optimism here. So then I might as well get rid of him. Then how much am I paying him to play a 40 game season? It doesn't, it doesn't pay. It's, it's certainly not viable. That doesn't make sense for me to pay him all that money for him to play 40 games. Well, I mean, I
7: agree. I mean, I I agree that he isn't he isn't earning his contract. But it is what it is for the next couple years he is under contract and so you gotta figure out a way to make it work I I think uh Today was very interesting. I think it obviously would have made for a much more interesting story if Kyrie had showed up at, at the Drew League. But I will say it, it does feel like, one, there's a Westbrook move that we all know is definitely coming. I don't know what it means in terms of where he ends up, who is involved, if there's a different team, if it's a three-team deal with Brooklyn to get Kyrie over there. But I think the, the Westbrook element of it, he won't be back with the Lakers. I think the more interesting thing is, does Kyrie definitively uh, end up with LeBron James but,
8: and the Lakers? But, by the way, who plays in the Drew League? It's a great question, right? Yeah, because Ephraim said he played in the Drew League one year and averaged like 20 points a game. What? If he, Did he say if, that?
7: I wasn't listening to the
8: last year. He, well, he, he said it to me before. I'm like, really? How tough could it be then if Ephraim. Nothing against Ephraim. Wow. He said it to you. So you guys were just chatting on the phone, yucking it up yeah, one day? I, or I think what? we were filling in together one oh. time. And, and he's like, I, I've averaged 20 points a game or 17 points a game in the. In in the in the Drew League. I'm like, geez, if you could do that, I could probably get double digits then for crying out loud. Nothing against Ephraim, from no, though. Nothing wow. I mean, it's not it's not like he's a skilled running back or former he's wide receiver or quarterback. Yeah, but he's He's a football position that doesn't require a lot of skill.
7: They do. You can find it on his Wikipedia page. They do call him the shack of the Drew League. I don't know if you do. Oh, do they? Really? I didn't know that. No, I made that up completely. (laughs) Real quick, producer Bo has uh, some insight into the Drew League. Go ahead, uh, Bo. Uh,
9: I just wanted to say um, while Kyrie Irving did not make an appearance at the Drew League today, he was, in fact, in Los Angeles. Um, He was at Phil Handy's skill camp helping kids learn how to play. People that are not aware, Phil Handy is indeed an assistant coach for the Los Angeles Lakers. Woo! So, yeah, that's a that's an interesting thing. Also, Anthony Davis has played sixty at least sixty games in eight out of the ten seasons he's been in the NBA. So, okay, so there you go, Torres. Okay, yeah. except
7: here is the problem: forty this year, thirty six last year, sixty two during the COVID year that was interrupted think, right in the middle. Yeah, fifty six the year before. I think so. you got to
9: give AD a little bit of a pass for last year due to the quick turnaround or the year before last. But yeah, last year was not good for him. But uh, Well,
7: the good thing is he's having the best offseason of his career, right. according to his trainer, two weeks after they said that he hadn't picked up a basketball for two <laughs> months. so
8: <laughs>
7: This is Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Artie Spanier in for Jason Martin. Coming up, we continue the conversation on the NBA, but with a new twist, LeBron said something. Uh-oh. And I got to say, Arnie Spanier was the one that tipped me off to how bad Uh, he sounded saying Don't blame me. Uh, You want (laughs) to stay tuned for this. Arnie Spanier sounding smart. You won't believe it. This is Fox Sports Radio.
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
7: Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker,
10: Let's go places.
7: You know this is why Don Brown is the best in the biz because you don't know where I'm going with this specific segment, but this is actually a perfect intro song. So Arnie, before the break, you know I, there were, LeBron said something I want to get to in a minute, but yeah. you said that you believe that if AD can stay healthy and if Kyrie keeps his head on and if LeBron plays more games than he did last year, the Lakers may be the favorites in the West, maybe the favorites in the NBA. So I I was thinking about this during the break. I have a hypothetical for you. If Kawhi Leonard comes back 100%, and if he wants to play 70-plus games, and if John Wall is the guy that we last saw when he last played, and Paul George is still really awesome, who do you believe is the better team going into next year? If you get 70-plus games out of Kawhi, Paul George, and John Wall on the Clippers, or eighty LeBron, and let's say Kyrie comes to the Lakers... Who do you believe is the better team of those two?
8: I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a good question. It's a tough one right now. It might be a coin flip. Um, I'm not a big Paul George fan like everybody else is. I just think he's a good player. I don't put him in the superstar status. I would probably still give it to the Lakers, but not by a whole heck of a lot. Like, if they played on a neutral site, I'd say Lakers by one, and let's tip it up and see what we got. But it's close. It really is close.
7: Yeah, I mean, I think the only argument I would say is, you know, one, I do think obviously Kyrie and it's not you know my original thought everybody's been talking about it for the last month is that he does fit in really well with LeBron and that is like like if those three are together they will be awesome and by the way as far as the Paul George element of it I agree that he is um, you know probably a little bit overrated overvalued at this point but if Kawhi is 100% healthy then he doesn't have to be the superstar and uh, you know maybe Kawhi becomes
8: that guy so you know we don't say anything about Kawhi being out I mean look what happened to him last year look what happened when he left San Antonio and never even wanted to go back and play, but um, all we do is say that uh, Anthony Davis is never going to be healthy, and and, and LeBron's never going to be healthy, so I, I don't understand why we have that attitude. It's kind of amazing how quickly just the Clippers, remember, and I know
7: producer Bo will appreciate this, but remember it was like, the Clippers are going to take over L.A., It's like, yeah, 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 not only did that not happen, I I don't think it's ever going to happen. By the way, this is Fox Sports Radio, uh, Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier in for Jason Martin. So I'll tell you this, America, it isn't often, but I got to say, in our pre-show text exchange today, Arnie Spanier caught me off guard with something. He made a good, salient, important point on a topic. I was very upset by it. So LeBron James said something <laughs> on his show, The Shop, last night. I want to go ahead and play the sound really quick.
2: Go ahead. In basketball, there are fans that you go play away that they can literally take the game from you. You can feel like them. The fans is not gonna let us win this one tonight. Yes, I mean, I mean, I mean, Boston.
5: Boston. Yeah. Why, why do you? Why do you hate Boston? Because they racist as yeah, That's why. They will say. Yeah. They will say anything, and it's fine. I mean, like it's You're my life. It. I mean. I've been dealing with my whole life. I don't mind it. Like, I hear it. Like, if I hear somebody, like, close by, I check them real quick. I
0: move on to the game, whatever. They're going to say whatever they want to say. They might throw something on you. I mean, I got a beer thrown on me leaving the game. You know, like. Boston is, I, yes, Boston it's is the
8: is. only place in the NBA in America you go yeah. and they have, like, shirts that say, like, LeBron. Yeah, like, it was like, it was whole like a, it was like it was a
5: like, LBJ t-shirt. <laughs> I believe they probably sold it at the team they, shop. No, they sold it outside the arena. No, They're they it. sold it at the team <laughs> shop. I <laughs> mean, oh, yeah, I'm saying this has something to do with it.
7: So that was uh, LeBron James, his business partner, Maverick Carter, on The Shop, HBO, credit to them. Uh, and so LeBron called racist, uh, Boston racist. Uh, certainly not the first athlete, won't be the last. Now, uh, like in many of these cases, he, he doesn't actually give an example of racism. He just said they yelled a lot at you. But Arnie, you brought up an interesting point. You know, LeBron had a lot of negative things to say about Boston, called the entire city racist. But then you told me something that that I think I knew, but I had forgotten. Why don't you go ahead and tell
8: me what you told me this morning? Well, that his not well, him singular or his company, um, also part owner of the Red Sox, Boston Red Sox, yeah, the yes. Boston Red Sox. So he makes money off those very same people that he's saying is racist as f. So you know he, it's okay for him to make money off those racist people. Um, but you know, he, he says that they're racist when he goes to the games. I don't even think that's really fair, Aaron. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, I'm sure he hears a few things out there. But just think about this for a second: if they're going ahead and saying racial epithets at LeBron, his team, his teammates don't come to his defense. Yep. They just continue to play. They don't say, hey, what the hell's going on here? We got 200 people behind us uh, chanting the N-word or something like that, and and, and we're not going to say a damn word? And what does that say about you know the players on the Boston Celtics, like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, who very much, Jalen Brown, very political. What does it say about somebody like that who would just continue to oh, play basketball? Quick, how about Al Horford, yeah. who
7: played there left yes. and then came back again?
8: Yeah. Uh, average Al, we used to call him, but yeah, no, you're you're, you're right about that. But it's more Jalen Brown who's gone down to Atlanta to protest and is, is drove down there. Are you gonna tell me that he hears the n bomb and doesn't do anything about it? Doesn't come to LeBron's defense? Doesn't anything say anything to uh, the referee and says you got to get him out of here? Or maybe he's doing it the right way and and just going ahead and ignoring it and, and just not letting it get to him? But I, I would find it hard to believe if, if a lot of people are doing it um that they would just you know not say anything and come to LeBron's defense and I I think it's a bad thing to do. You know, this connotation has hurt the city of Boston. I agree. If you look if you look at the longtime list of free agents that have signed to Boston, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, or hockey, it is not very impressive. You know that, don't you? Their list of free agents um in, like, the last 50 years has been hard. Like, David Ortiz has been their number one, but the only reason they signed him as a free agent is because the Minnesota Twins had just released him, and he signed the one-year, $1.25 million contract. That is it. Other than that, um and and uh, Manny Ramirez, there's really been nobody. You could say the Malcolm Butlers and the Mike Vables of the world or the Roddy Harrisons, but if that's going to be your top 10, um, boy, you're really on thin ice. Uh, for free agents it, it's really hurt Boston where it's no longer a destination for black athletes because they say it's a racist town and I'm I, look I, you, you got to figure some people have said some bad things out there yeah. but you just can't go ahead and say that about the whole town
7: well a couple things one I totally agree um, it's not to say that bad stuff hasn't happened there we've all heard the stories about what happened with Bill Russell that was now 60 years ago right um, a lot more racism much more racism back at least I think there was. No, I I've, I don't think there's any doubt. And so it's not to say that it doesn't have a history that it's not proud of. But this idea that everyone just just calls Boston racist, and I still like like there has been stuff. And I know that Adam Jones, the baseball player, accused yes. some fans of saying some things. But Kyrie said it about three four uh, about two years ago in the playoffs. Nobody asked him for any specifics. LeBron, I know he's on a show with his buddies, and this isn't a media availability. But I just don't like the idea. You you can't just throw out that, oh, they're racist. Well, and then he says, what did he do? He says, says, I don't mind. His exact quote was, it's fine. I'm used to it. Well, like you said... If if first of all if there's racism how come nobody else
8: on his team is saying it how come nobody else on the Boston Celtics is saying it um, and then is he used to it in what way by the way just yes. when he goes to Boston or when he plays in the NBA well, I want I want to know that answer and also. there's a difference between saying F Lebron and yes. uh, and uh, all that you know what I want to continue and this. dropping the N bomb you're right there's a, exactly look there's there's people that have said F me. Sure, um, I said all the time, that does, yeah. that doesn't mean you're a racist or or you know anything like that but uh, there's a big difference between what words you use like that.
7: Well and I would just wrap by saying and I do think it's interesting as you said being a, a partial owner of the Boston Red Sox, a minority owner, but still, if these people—that doesn't are, matter. Yes, he's if, still making money off the city of Boston. Well, that's what I mean. If these people are so terrible, I don't know why. One, you'd want to be associated with them, but two, what makes it worse is what we always talk about with LeBron: uh, wants to be in the political sphere, uh, says he's more than an athlete, wants to stand up for something more than sports. Uh, it makes you look pretty hypocritical well, by saying right? that by saying that you. Uh, that, that by saying that and then being a team owner, real quick, Arnie, go ahead.
8: No, I, I'll wait to uh, for after the Sager, but I'll, I'll tell you this right now: if this keeps up, if if LeBron, LeBron is telling you the truth, and Boston uh, fans in Boston his race is racist as blank. Well, I, I got an idea what we should do about the Celtics. We'll get to that when we get back. Ooh, That's what we call
7: a tease yeah, in the well, I got to do a
8: little driving. You're driving us into the wall all the time, so well, I got to do a little
7: driving. You just missed the exit for Steve DeSager by going long there, <laughs> so we'll take a quick break, uh, and we'll throw it over first time this evening with Steve DeSager with What's Trending. What's up, DeSager? No break. What do you mean quick break? We're not going on any break. I, I can't Cut that. his mic down, Come please. On, We're going go go to put you DeSager. on a break. Put you in a timeout. <laughs> go get some chocolate milk, you old man.
6: Keep it up. He won't be co-hosting with Aaron next Saturday. Aaron's got all the power here in the studio. That's right. artie has got to learn that. By the way, like uh, LeBron hasn't been hypocritical about human rights, for example, in the past and the whole China thing with the NBA. This has exactly. come up before.
7: Major- I would say the, the Brittany Griner comments were not his strongest moment either. But neither here nor there. Yeah. Continue to say. Yeah.
6: yeah, go down the list, actually. In Major League Baseball, the Yankees have beaten Boston 14-1. to 1. Aaron Judge Woo. with two more homers. He has 33. Matt Carpenter hit two three-run homers. San Francisco edge Milwaukee 2-1 thanks to a bases-loaded balk in the bottom of the eighth. So there are only three games still going. The Mets are trying for a doubleheader sweep at Wrigley. They were rained out there yesterday. So they're playing two Mets took the opener in 11 innings two to one. Cubs have lost eight in a row. But the Mets even with Max Scherzer as the starter for game number two. He had 11 strikeouts in six and a third. But the game is two 2 Mets and Cubs in the top of the eighth. Diamondbacks still lead at San Diego three one in the bottom of the sixth. And Mike Trout was in the lineup for the Angels tonight and scratched with the recurring back spasms just before first pitch. They were saying, oh, he'll likely play in Tuesday's All-Star game in L.A. Now? I don't know about that phrase. He's been out since Tuesday. We will see. The Angels and Dodgers are not playing at all tomorrow. They're getting the early start on the break after tonight's game. Early home run from Trey Turner, and the Dodgers are leading the Halos 1-0 in the top of the second. Meanwhile, Seattle won its 13th straight game, a 10-inning win at Texas 3-2. 10 10-inning win for. Toronto over Kansas City, 11-inning win for Baltimore at Tampa Bay. Philadelphia won 10-0 at Miami, and Cleveland beat Detroit 10-0. St. Louis down Cincinnati today 11-3, but Nolan Arenado of the Cardinals will miss the All-Star game with a bad back. In fact, Houston beat Oakland 5-0, and Houston's Jose Altuve will miss the All-Star game. He was hit by a pitch on the knee on Thursday night, so Dodger fans will not get a chance to boo Jose Altuve at the bat. They did at the Futures game, by the way, at Dodger Stadium tonight. They they did... They did boo any prospect of Houston that was in the (laughs) game at Dodger Stadium tonight. Guys that were not even in the minors five years ago. Rory McIlroy is tied for a four-shot lead at the British Open with Victor Hovland. Cameron Young and Cameron Smith fell to a tie for third place. Scotty Scheffler five shots back. Dustin Johnson six back. The guy who's on the Live Golf Tour at least has a chance for the British Open this weekend. But it's Rory McIlroy tied for the lead. And the co-leaders will tee off. 10 a.m. Eastern time to start their final round. Back to you.
7: Thanks, Steve Sager. This is Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Saturday. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin out, Arnie Spanier in. So, Arnie, before we we threw to the Sager, did not take a break, as you said, you wanted to kind of piggyback off of what we were talking about for people who missed it. LeBron James on the shop last night called Boston the City racist as F, even though he is a minority owner of the...
8: Boston Red Sox. Go ahead, Arnie. What did we do to Donald Sterling when he came out with those racist comments? Um, We made him sell the team. Sure. The players revolted. They put their sweats on the center of the court. They were going to refuse to play at one point. I, I forget how it exactly was going to come down, Aaron. You remember tell um, you. When, when it was all going down. They put their sweats on the court. They actually were going to protest one of the games. Matter of fact, I think were they playing Atlanta or something and the other team was they, going to protest also?
7: They were playing in the playoffs. I believe they were actually playing the Warriors before okay. the Warriors became the Warriors. And there was talk that they weren't going to play. And instead, what they did was I think they turned their
8: warmups inside out. Right, something like right, that. right. Yeah. All right. So, you know, they. they They made Donald Sterling sell the team. Same thing with Marit Shaw, too. You know, this type of behavior will not be accepted. Now, if the city of Boston is... Um, it races as F as LeBron wants to say, and it's that bad inside the Boston Garden. How long are we going to accept this? Um, is it a hundred people getting out of hand? Um, 500 people, 1, 000, five hundred people, a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand. We're going to get to the point now where we're going to say, okay, maybe LeBron's right. Maybe they are racist. Maybe we should have the owner. What's his name? Wick Grosbeck? is that that's, that's his name? I He's so, a local. Yeah.
9: Grosbeck, yeah. yeah
8: w- w- at one point we're gonna to have to say to him you know what we want you to sell the team and we're gonna move the celtics to nashville or seattle or or something like that you laugh now but you know we well, were laughing when they made donald sterling sell really the team quick. March, shot, that you just can't allow that behavior really if quick. it's true yeah go ahead
7: no and that is why you don't haphazardly throw the term racist around it is very serious with very serious connotations and oh by the way when it happens and when it, it when when there's true racism it is like despicable and disgusting and gross, and like we can argue about whether somebody should be uh, uh, recording Donald Sterling's private conversations. But yep. once we all heard that audio, we were doesn't like, "This guy's difference. disgusting." Yeah, yeah.
8: And I'm not that, a court of law, so I don't care um, how you got it and you know yes. what I'm allowed to hear. It doesn't make a difference to me. And that's 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 the point that I'm trying to
7: get to is we just throw this around so haphazardly. And I understand the shop is LeBron with his buddies. It's not um you know uh, 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 a pregame media availability like Kyrie did say uh, Boston was racist prior to a playoff series last year and it's a different context but it's why I get bothered when people say this racism is serious you can't just haphazardly throw it around and again it goes back to exactly what you said if this is the case then the NBA should investigate if it's not or, or if it is, excuse me, we should get examples of it. Okay, Kyrie, you said a year ago that Boston is racist. Okay, well, give us an example. Tell us what was said. Tell us, you know, and this is an Arnie Spanier thing. You've been saying this for years. Is if this is if if this happened, then tell us when it happened. Why didn't you report it at the time? Did anybody else hear it? Because those are not the fans that we want representing the NBA. Um, and as you said, Arnie, if it's enough fans, if it's an if it's an entire city, as LeBron insinuated. Then they don't. They don't have the. They don't deserve the privilege of having an NBA team. No,
8: Aaron, I I find it hard to believe that if I went to a a Celtic game, and I was one of those lone knuckleheads. That was a racist, and I was chanting inappropriate words out there. I don't think I would get away with it. I agree. And not only that, not only do I think maybe LeBron or his teammates would stop the game, I would think that players of the Boston Celtics would stop the game. I would think that the NBA refs would stop the game. And if all that didn't do it, you would think that the people sitting around me would say, hey, shut the hell up, man. What is wrong with you? You're a racist, you know, blank. But then again, they're saying everybody is racist. So nobody says anything in the stands out there. I got to tell you, if this keeps up and the nba doesn't investigate that you got to wonder what's going on is this just um lebron shooting from the lip or is there some backlash is there some background to this are we going to look into it are we just going to say lebron's full of baloney i don't know
7: well and this is why again you know and again i understand it's the shop it's his show it's his buddies nobody is going to call him out on it but you can't just say stuff like this Without further explaining yourself. This is Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier here on a Saturday night. Arnie in for Jason Martin. Coming up,
0: Arnie's Knicks?
7: are they back? We'll find out.
0: Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more.
7: Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier, in for Jason Martin. So, Arnie, I was away all week, and uh, I missed a, a lot of stuff that was going on. But one thing that I was adamant about before I left was that uh, despite reports from Adrian Wojnarowski that Donovan Mitchell, originally after the Rudy Gobert trade, Adrian Wojnarowski initially reported that Donovan Mitchell would not be traded. He was part of the future. I said, you know, I put on my Brian Windhorst thinking cap and I said, no, 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 wait a second. You don't trade Rudy Gobert for four first round picks and not completely blow it up. So, uh, you know, I was sitting uh, out to dinner one night, uh, probably about, I don't know, three, four days ago. And, of course, the report breaks that, yes, Donovan Mitchell is potentially on the trade market for the right price. Obviously, Rudy Gobert fetched four first-round picks, so it's not going to be easy to get Donovan Mitchell. But, obviously, uh, Donovan Mitchell, along with Kevin Durant, who we'll talk about plenty over the next three hours, Donovan Mitchell is available.
8: And uh, you're New York Knicks. Up here, yeah, it, was the, go ahead. it was the worst kept secret ever. Or, you know, I got to tell you this when when Danny Ainge went to the Utah Jazz, you knew right away that he was going to blow up the team. That's how he rebuilt the Celtics. Remember, he had like a gazillion picks for the Celtics and got Tatum, got Jalen Brown, um, you well, know, and able to go ahead and build didn't, it that. Real way. quick, didn't he do that w- the first time
7: he kind of accumulated a lot of assets to to even get Ray Allen, which then led to Kevin Durant, right? Or Kevin Garnett, excuse me, right? You lost me there. I mean, what did you... Well, the first time, the, the the I mean, he built a championship team in Boston. Yes, they had Paul Pierce. They were not very good. But then they had all these draft picks. Remember, they traded a draft pick, uh, Jeff, which ended up being Jeff Green, to get Ray Allen. And then they had a bunch of young assets, including, I think it was Kendrick. Uh, I forget everybody that they traded, but they, they traded a bunch of young guys to get Kevin Garnett. So the point I'm trying to make, he did this twice in Boston. Not just the time to get Kevin uh, to, to get Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, right, right. but also to get Kevin Garnett and uh, Ray Allen. Well,
8: he's always been a draft guy, so you knew right away that when he was going to go to Utah, that that's the way he was probably going to rebuild. Matter of fact, when I do my pick segment on Sunday, um, a long time ago, I said that uh, Donovan Mitchell was going to end up with the Lakers. Well, he's not going to end up with the Lakers now, but you knew that he was going to you end knew up the with the Lakers. Utah. Only have like fourteen roster spots, right? right. I, I yeah, right. exactly, but I mean, this was this was a while ago. We're talking about six months, uh, you know, or longer because you knew he just wasn't long for Utah. So I, I wasn't surprised about that. Yeah, if I'm the Knicks. I certainly want Donovan Mitchell. That doesn't mean they're going to win an NBA championship. It does make them a little bit better. And a a team that could, you know, vie for a playoff spot. I'm so desperate. I just want to make the playoffs. Um, You know, I live about five hours from Madison Square Garden. I've been out here in Vermont like ten years. Maybe I could have gone to a playoff game when they played Atlanta, but other than that, they've given me no reason to drive down to New York to go see a game. I think if they get Donovan Mitchell, maybe I I finally have a reason that I'm going to make the five-hour drive and go down and see my New York Knicks finally and see what's going on. You know.
7: So do you believe that
8: they'll they'll actually? get them? Do they have the assets to do it? Or yeah, they have, they have the assets to do it. They just have to go ahead and make They're, they're just playing hardball, and they should play hardball. Houston's going to get rid of him anyway. The Knicks have the most uh, draft picks to give up. That's what Danny Ainge is going to want, so they're going to get a deal done. It's, it's just going to take time, just like the Laker deal's going to take time, just like all this other stuff with Kevin Durant's taking time. Nobody's rushing into anything right now. So assuming they have
7: to give up, you know, something to get Donovan Mitchell, obviously it's going to be a lot of draft picks, maybe R.J.
8: Barrett, although I Read a report that they went, yeah, they don't want to give up R.J. I'm not giving up RJ Barrett, I'm gonna have to hold on to him. I'm not gonna do that.
7: You know, Donovan Mitchell's an all star, right? You're, you're just not, I understand gonna, that you, you're not just gonna just get him for
8: nothing, right? No, I'll give up as many draft picks as I've got to give by, by. You want four, you want five, you want six, it doesn't make a difference to me. Potential gets you fired as a manager, so you know, take as many as you want. I, I, I could care less. Well, I think R.J. Barrett might be
7: up for his uh, extension here coming up soon. So maybe that might be why the, the Jazz might not want him. So if the Knicks were to get Donovan Mitchell with R.J. Barrett, first of all, I, I'm not sold that it happens just because it's the Knicks, and I've heard they're going to get everybody from LeBron to KD,
8: Kyrie. They are um, the favorites. Vegas has them like the 2-1 to one favorite right now. Actually, like minus 200, that is. So do you believe they wh- – where where would they be in the pecking order with him? In, in, the, um, in the East. In the Eastern Conference. The East. um, if they were, where would they be in the pecking order of these? I would probably say, well, they're definitely a playoff team. There's no doubt about that. Um, they would probably be ahead of Cleveland and Charlotte. Though Cleveland was a real good team last year, and Charlotte came on. I would probably say they're like a number 7 or 8 yeah. seed, right around there. Yeah, it's funny because as good as Donovan Mitchell is,
7: uh, with Boston as good as they are, with Milwaukee as good as they are, um... Somebody else that I'm missing, Miami, obviously, would still be good even if they don't get Donovan I mean, Mitchell. Atlanta's still a good team,
8: too, and you forgot you, about Brooklyn. Do we really so, think
7: yeah. – well, do, first of all, I don't think Brooklyn is back in their current form. That was no, one I was going to leave too. out. Right, right.
8: Okay, yeah.
7: Oh, do we, Are we really buying Atlanta? Like, DeJounte Murray, I, I get he was an all-star kind of needs the ball in his hands to be successful. Trey Young kind of needs the ball in his hands to be successful. That's one that like everybody's so hyped up about. It, it It's like a little bit of uh,
8: Westbrook LeBron light, in my opinion. Well, I'm not picking them to win the championship. You just asked, you know, what place did it put the Knicks in the pecking order? I would say right there, probably behind the Hawks or right there with the Hawks, um, depending on what happens to them. But yeah, no, I still like Atlanta. I just, I'm not picking them to win the championship, but that was just talking about the pecking order.
7: Yeah, Philly, by the way, still would have Harden yeah, and, Philly uh, too, yeah. and NBA What do you think of Philly, by the way? Harden, oh, he did the great thing. He took a little bit less money. I, I I don't I don't really know how I feel. About I think
8: feelings. it's still going to be the same in a regular season. They could be like a fifty-one thirty-one team, but when it comes to the playoffs, I think that could be a big difference. I would like them in the playoffs. Let's see what they do. Um, free agency or if there's any trades that happen with them. I will say really quick, uh, it is amazing. We're here on July sixteenth.
7: You know, training camp's about to start here soon for the NFL. There is a lot to still be decided in the NBA. Doesn't it feel like Katie, Kyrie, Russ, and now Donovan Mitchell too? Oh, absolutely.
8: I I expect the first domino to fall is going to be the Donovan Mitchell to the New York Knicks, and then we'll see. um, I think we'll still see Kyrie go to the Lakers. We'll have to wait and see on that. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, This is Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier.
7: In for the second Saturday in a row, filling in for Jason Martin this week after he was in for me last week. Coming up, we have a lot more to get to. Obviously, uh, NFL, as I said, is about to start. Uh, uh, An interesting Caleb Williams story that we need to get to. Bernie Fratto will join us in hour four. But coming up next, how about being offered $500 million, or just a little bit less, and saying no. Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Hour two, Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier in for Jason Martin. Wow, hour one just flew, flew on, by. on by, Arnie Spanier. You bet, my friend. You bet. Like riding a bike
8: talking with you. Uh, you didn't it's say easier. anything too crazy yet tonight, though. No, I'm, it's I'm, easier. The, the hours fly on by when... Um, you know, I'm doing my best. So usually you, you have to. I'm dragging you along. So what can I do? You know, it's funny because actually we got a tweet about
7: that. Somebody disagrees with you. Uh, I got to find it here really quick. Uh, somebody said that you're you're at at your best when uh, I'm doing all the driving. So credit to that guy or girl. I can't seem to find the tweet. Maybe it got deleted. Maybe it doesn't exist.
8: Oh, here it is. I think Artie wants the keys to the car. Aaron is the best driver for you. No shame riding shotgun. Ha ha. It is true. It's like driving Miss Daisy over here. You know, you see. Yeah, but you you make me
7: nauseous when you drive. So you make me nauseous when you talk. So we're even. It's okay. It's all good. Uh, Arnie, how about this for a story? By the way,
8: Mac Muncy, uh, Max Muncy just went deep. Six nothing now. Dodgers over the Angels. Do you guys don't have the Dodger game on TV out there or what?
7: Thank you for the update, Steven Sager. Um, So. I get so I don't know what the TV deal is because I get the Dodger station. I don't know if everybody else does. Bo DeSager is that resolved? I have no idea. No, because
8: because Greg Tui tweeted out that he couldn't get the Dodgers Angels game and he has uh, the MLB package. So I'm assuming you guys can't get it. I'm watching on the MLB
7: Network. No, but we I be probably
6: in fact, you could see it on the Dodgers or the Angels channel this weekend. DeSager so is he
7: th- watching it on the Pac-12 network, or where, where are you watching it there? <laughs> Man. It can
6: only be seen in Vermont, yeah.
7: Incredible. I'm well, watching it on the MLB network is where I'm watching it on. Yeah, we have it on in studio. So I get all the I get all the Dodgers games uh, on whatever channel they are, Tom Warner, um, and or Spectrum, excuse me, and uh, also, yeah, the Angels play on one of the Fox Sports West or Bally West or whatever it's called, so... I don't know what Greg Toohey's watching. I can't speak to that. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's been a problem for a few years. So, speaking of baseball, nothing, Arnie, right now. great segue. Six nothing, Dodgers lead the Angels in a regular season game. I don't know why Arnie's so interested in that. But, uh, Interesting little piece of news that came across the uh, the, the the wire today. Uh, as first reported by Ken Rosenthal, Fox Sports, of course, as well as The Athletic. Ken Rosenthal, very, very interesting uh, report that Juan Soto, multiple-time all-star, young guy, just 23 years old, World Series champion, Washington Nationals, was offered $440 million. Wow. Over 15 years and turned it down. Had Ooh. previously been offered uh, over th- uh, 300 million in a like a 13 year contract. I had the numbers. I, I lost it there. But um, when you saw that uh, Juan Soto turned down 440 million dollars, I'll tell you this: it sounds like a lot, and it certainly is.
8: But it is it, a lot of money.
7: But it was a 15 year contract, which would have paid out 29 million dollars over the the totality annually of the contract. Just one problem. I looked it up. There are 14 players making over $30 million, so you would be at best the 15th highest paid player in the league. I kind of get why he turned it down, Arnie. It sounds like a lot of money. I
8: get why he turned it down. Yeah, it is a lot of money. I mean, my goodness, four hundred and forty million dollars, as you mentioned, fifteen years. But this year, or the the first year it takes place, it would have been a little bit around thirty million, which would have put him, I think, in twentieth spot when that contract takes over. Scherzer, I think, was it like forty seven million. So, but you know, is that a reason to go and turn it on down when you're getting that much money, four hundred and forty million over fifteen years? Aren't you getting it at the end anyway? So, what difference does it really make?
7: Well, it makes a difference because you can get more money over a shorter amount of time and then potentially reset. Here's my question when I, when I first saw this. Yeah. I don't get why from either side everybody is in a rush to sign these crazy contracts. So let me give you an example. So Bryce, Bryce Harper, I don't know, this was probably three years ago now, four years ago now, signed a 300 mil, $330 million over 13 years contract. That sounds like an incredible amount of money because it is an incredible amount of money. It's also just $25 million a year over the course of his career. Now, Carlos Correa, on the flip side, signed a three-year contract last offseason for $105 million uh, with the opt-out and everything. But the point I'm trying to make, Carlos Correa is going to make significantly more money. And then in a couple years, when the market resets itself, if he fulfills the three years of the deal... Then he gets to sign for what is then market price. My question for you, Arnie, is I don't understand why all these baseball players and Juan Soto did turn down the 15-year contract, but you look at most of these contracts. Mike Trout signed for 10-plus years. Bryce Harper signed for 10-plus years. Francisco Lindor signed for 10 years. Why do these
8: players keep signing these crazy deals when the money keeps going up? I, well, first of all, I, I, I guess you should have, you're right. You should be cutting it short if you want to go ahead and renew it. But how many people want to take that chance after four or five years that maybe you've played yourself out of a big time contract? Now, Scott Boris is his agent. I've talked to Scott before. He's been in studio with me before in Los Angeles. I mean, I would love to have him on and explain to me what difference does it make if you're getting 30 million now and back any backloading at the end of a contract compared to having it in the middle or at the beginning and having less money at the end of a contract so i'm not, i'm not sure what the difference is maybe there's tax reasons maybe it's way above my head but if you're getting the 440 over 15 years what difference does it make if you're getting a dollar in year 1 and you know uh, 60 million in year 2 um, yeah. i i really don't understand that yeah i just think that that well, well, the, the reason
7: is, is because the market is like, you know, I, I can't speak to where anything will be in 15 years. First of all, I don't understand why any player, I mean, I guess I, I do get it. I get the reason that you're saying, which is, you, you know, you set yourself up for
8: you know, historic money or, you know, life changing money, whatever. You're 440 set- was historic money. 440 would have, I think, put them what, right as number one or 10 million behind the second best contract. So it was right up there.
7: Yes, and so but and so I get it, right? You're setting your family up for life. Doesn't matter if you walk out of the the stadium and knock on wood, but something bad happens and you can never play again. I get all that. What I would also say is I could be wrong, but I can't think of any players that have had career-ending injuries it, from the player, from the batter perspective. Now, from the pitcher perspective, we have arm injuries, all that stuff. But I, I just look at it and I say, whether it's 13 years like Bryce Harper, whether it's 15 years like this contract, whether it's 10 years like Francisco Lindor, so much changes over the course of that time. I, I didn't understand why Bryce Harper signed for 13 years at that time. I didn't understand why Mike Trout signed for whatever it was, 12, 13 years when he signed his contract. It just feels like a long time to commit to anybody. I mean, think about uh, how long ago 15 years was, Arnie. So 15 years from now was 2007.
8: Well, look, look at Shohei Ohtani. Who's making $5 million? He has to be the best bargain in sports. Is there, is there anybody more better than him that's making less money in any sport whatsoever? I dare you to find somebody. Wait till he's a free agent. How much do you think he's going to demand? That, well, I was going to, on the open market, forget about it. How much are the Yankees going to have to pay him when they get him? That's what's going to find How out. How much are the Yankees going to have to pay? Was that a Freudian slip or are you Ken Yeah, well, no, here? Be, yeah, well where else, if he wants that type of money, where else is he going to go? He's going to I mean, go to I mean, the New York Yankees.
7: Well, the Angels are paying Mike Trout a pretty significant amount of money. Well, they can't they can't afford both. And and you know what? Maybe he'll end up going to the Dodgers. Dodgers seem to pay everybody. They do. I I just, you know, I'll be honest, I just I don't get it from either side. I I don't get the 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 teams that continue to commit this kind of money to guys when we have such a track record that By, you know, at a certain point, there's a a law of diminishing returns. Now, I do think part of it is your buddy Scott Boris. I think I I, I don't, you know, want to insinuate anything, I, I think it's about. Getting the most possible money for the longest period of time. And I don't think that's what's best well, for some. My, my thing
8: ahead. is this, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but my thing is this, four forty to me is a really great offer. I gotta go ahead and give Washington credit. I think they really went ahead and wanted to keep him. My question is if four forty wasn't enough, why don't they just give him the four fifty? Why do they come out now and go, that's it, four forty was our bottom line. We well, just can't we can't go to four fifty if that's the case. It's not, then, the, it's not yeah. the
7: it's not the it's not the ten million or 20 million added well, more, on it's the more, up, more
8: upfront. well no it's no, still no, no, 15 no, no. years it's well, still going to be 15 years no no no, no. If, if
7: you want to increase the contract it isn't about uh adding more dollars to it it's taking years off of it because like i said it's 29 million dollars a year which is life-changing money for anybody but as i said it would make him the 15th highest paid player next year in major league baseball if he were to sign it today and it took effect tomorrow so, what though? You, again, you're still getting the 440, which is one of the richest contracts in But you're committing all to something for
8: 15 years, Arnie. You're committing to you, the Washington Nationals for 15 years. Yeah, but he, he's fine with that. They wanted a long term contract. It wasn't just Washington that was giving him the 15 years. They, Scott Boris wanted the 15 years. That comes from the client. I'm not saying that's what they wanted. I'm not saying. Okay, so here's yeah. what
7: I'm saying I'm not saying that what you're saying is wrong. I guess the the question that I keep asking. I don't understand why more guys don't take the Carlos Correa route. Because think about it, he's gonna he's gonna get thirty five million a year for the next three years. Um, he uh, is one of the five highest paid players right now, and then three years from now he gets to see what the market is. And Carlos, what happens if he's having a bad three years? I mean, yes, that is a fair question. My counter to that would be we have a 10-year track record right now that he's not going to have three consecutive down years when this is a guy that's already won an MVP award, uh, multiple-time All-Star. Excuse me, he's never won an MVP award. He's won a Rookie of the Year. But multiple-time All-Star, uh, been a huge part of mul- you know multiple World Series runs. I don't know. I just, I I don't, he's not, I I don't suspect he'll have three bad years in a row. I guess this is kind of like what we talked about for years with Dak, right? Like Dak. Uh, believed in himself, didn't take what he believed was a, low, a below market value. And I guess what I'm saying is I just don't get why more baseball players don't believe in themselves and, and they just they commit to contracts that immediately become under market value and that's the part that I don't get and you're committing for 12, 13, 14 years to an organization teams change Arnie. I mean think about um, if somebody had signed with the Yankees in 2009, that was that was 13 years ago.
8: 2009 the Yankees won the World Series. They've been back to the World right, Series since right. then. So well, so, you, you, so go ahead. No, just and you're right, it doesn't mean that just because you spend money you're going to win a World Series. Getting a lot of tweets. Let me just read a couple of them. Uh stinking genius baseball teams never learn because these 10-year deals eventually turn Thank into money you, pits. Whoever that is. I think is. I think Juan Soto will turn into a mega bad guy mode and declare war on the Nationals. Uh, another one, Eric says, I said it to Ben, he said about Ben Mauer. this is the reason I've turned away from pro sports. 440000000 million isn't enough. That's life-changing money. Just being an average Major League Baseball player equals life-changing money. Give the average Joe the average Major League Baseball salary. That's life-changing money. You can't wow. compare us. We've talked about this before, Aaron. You can't compare us to an athlete that makes that type of money but the 440s is obscene when you're turning that down if it's going to be the richest contract. Well, it's th- going to be
7: the richest for the long... I mean, for Fox Sports years. Radio could offer you uh, 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 you know, let's say a hundred-year, hundred-million-dollar contract. That's the richest contract in the history of uh, of radio. Right. That right. doesn't mean that you're going to be more
8: highly paid than some people in the business right now. I understand that, right? And and I guess that's what they're getting to. It just seems like every time Scott Boris is involved, there seems to be a little bit of a problem, right? Uh, about you know how much. Maybe he doesn't want to be in in, in Washington. Maybe he just says, um, you know, that's not going to be enough for me to stay here. I want to go somewhere else. Though I I find that hard to believe you know yeah I just I just I continue to go back to I just
7: don't get why either side does it I I, I understand if you don't have confidence in yourself or if you by the way if you're an older player if you're 33 and you can get 10 years and yeah you take advantage of it that Albert Pujols I think was 31 when he signed that 10-year contract with the Angels a million years ago I'm just saying I just think I'm surprised more guys don't do the Carlos Correa thing where, oh, by the way, Carlos Correa, three-year contract, $105 million, he gets $35 million, he gets to see what the market's like in three years, and then maybe then he signs his 10-year contract. Maybe yeah, but
8: $35 million, I mean, you're going to go ahead and get uh- – Well, you know, 440 and if it's only going to be 30 to start, you're going to be in the 40 and 50 million dollar range. That's that's why I can't understand why they won't take it. Look, Scott Boris is great at his job, so he probably knows better than I. There's a reason why he doesn't want that money up front or wants that money up front.
7: Yeah, I, I just I find it very confusing as to why guys want to commit. 12, 13, 14 years, uh, and Juan Soto again turned down a 15-year, $440 million
8: contract. This is Fox Sports Radio. I bet you whatever team he goes to, he signs a 15-year deal. I'll take that bet. I don't think he signs a 15-year deal. Fifteen right.
7: years is so long. Like, yep. that is such a long contract. I know that. I know
8: that. I know. Yes.
7: So, uh, it'll be interesting. By the way, uh, really quick, I'm not as big of a baseball guy as other sports. Uh, the the report, of course, is that he's turned down this money and that he now could potentially be traded. you have any thoughts? I mean, obviously the Dodgers, uh, you know, whoever. Like, th- there's some
8: teams that spend a lot of money. Is there any early leader in the clubhouse as to who could get him? Well, the Dodgers are one of the few teams that could actually trade for him and say, we're going to give you the big contract. And, and you know, when it's all said and done, nobody's going to give him uh, give up a lot for a guy that's only going to be a part time rental. So the Dodgers can do it, um, you know, kind of like they did with Mookie Betts. If they can afford it, and I believe they obviously can. I obviously got to think to the front runner right now.
7: We will find out Juan Soto turning down nearly a half a billion dollars. This is Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier here on a Saturday night. Coming up, switch gears to the NFL. A little bit of a quiet week, uh, but could we get a decision on Deshaun Watson soon? We discuss that next, Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier in for Jason Martin little under a year after Arnie abandoned me on Monday nights. By by the way,
8: since we're talking baseball, I want to say this. Um, Did you see the video of Diamondback prospect Leandro Cedeno? I sure did. Hit a 527-foot home run. I tried to look up some of the longest home runs you know some a lot of the websites go back to the guy that hit the one is the uh he was a Denver Zephyr Joey Myers supposedly hit one 582 feet but that's obviously with Denver but there's been a few major league baseball players that hit him over 500 feet that that's one of the longest home runs ever though i will say uh i saw that video and it's
7: available you know if you go on social media i know not everybody's on social media but I have never seen a baseball hit more perfectly, Arnie. Like it is just, it is like uh, I I can't even describe it. it's like out of a video game. So, uh, yes,
8: a it is. That's what it is. It's like out of, you hit one right down the middle, and it, you put it right out there, and it goes out of the, the damn ballpark. It was hit well, five hundred twenty-seven
7: feet. or uh, he's a big boy too. Have you, seen, did you see the size of him, or what? I did not. I did oh, not see. He is it he's big. I mean, he look. Yeah, I mean, he looks big in the video. I don't know if you're if you're talking yeah. about something like you you know you saw him somewhere else. But no, no. Uh, real quick, you know, we haven't talked much football. The football's coming, man. It's it's crazy how quickly the summer ha- is going by and how quickly everything's going to be here. Um, Deshaun Watson. I mean, there was a little bit of a Deshaun Watson update over the last couple of days. Of course, we know the Houston Texans, um, you know, we had found out in recent weeks that they had furnished him with, um, you know, with a hotel room, they had furnished him with uh, security, they had, uh, you know, helped him with some NDAs. They actually, the other day, uh, went ahead and settled with 30 of Deshaun Watson's accusers. Of course, Deshaun Watson personally has settled with 20 of the 24. And uh, about, what was it, two weeks or so ago, Arnie, the uh, the Sue Robinson, the, the lead investigator for the NFL, uh, kind of collected all the information, and so we should be getting some sort of resolution with the with this Deshaun Watson stuff in the coming. Probably, I would think week or so uh, again because training camps are opening and all that stuff uh, i know you and Blake have probably talked about it pretty much every week here for the last couple months but where are you at with deshaun watson with a potential suspension and does anything that has happened the last couple weeks make you feel like it should be less because it appears as though uh the nfl from all reports wants a very lengthy suspension but that sue robinson because there is no um you know, because there's, there's no uh, legal improprieties, even though there's there's some, you know, moral stuff and, and you know, there's nothing criminal. Um, what, what do you think about where we're at with Deshaun Watson?
8: Well, you see, I think, it, I even hate to say this, but I think I was right on this from the beginning. You know, Chris has changed his mind. The over-under, I think, was put at fourteen and a half when we're talking about a game suspension uh, for Deshaun Watson. And I think as of Sunday, Chris was like, I'm taking the over. And then he's... Uh, you know, w- what happened today and all the settlements, he's taking the other. And I can see why a lot of people are saying, you know what, because of the devo- developments today and all the settlements and, you know, uh, the uh, the Texans uh, cele- um, uh, you know, settling and Deshaun Watson's only four away from settling. I, I think I always thought it was going to be eight games and then it was going to go to, go ahead and uh, be bargained down the six. I'm starting to think maybe I was too high on that and it's going to really? be six games and maybe uh, protested down the four games games. I don't think, I know everybody wants blood. I know everybody wants to go ahead and have them suspended for the entire season. I don't think that's that's going to happen. I think people are being unrealistic. As you mentioned, nothing was criminal found in this. We may be sick to our stomach over what happened, and we're adults so we know kind of what happened, but that's not how you go ahead and um, you know, imply a sentence here. That's not how you propose a sentence just based on if something is morally wrong compared to something is criminally wrong. So I think people wanted way too much to begin with at the start of this. Well, the only thing I would say is that um,
7: not having criminal charges has not stopped Roger Goodell before from handing down suspensions. And, you know, most notably Zeke Elliott. Uh, you know, I, I remember talking with you about that years ago, Arnie, and the conversation was that, uh, you know, his own. Uh, uh, legal counsel Godell uh, the NFL, and Roger Goodell's own legal counsel said they didn't believe that, that that he should be suspended at all, and he still got the six games, and everybody was upset. Right. Uh, obviously, I'm not comparing, um, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson or even Ezekiel Elliott to this, but obviously there was the Tom Brady stuff where he got the suspension for Deflate
8: Gate. So I bring it all up to say, yes, it's, but then you could say Robert Kraft who got no punishment for what he did. I don't, I don't know if that's apples and oranges to you, or if it's because it's an owner compared to a player. But they're supposed to be on the same page here and get the same punishment.
7: Yes, no, and so so that that's the only point I'm trying to make is I, I don't want to start getting into you know non uh you know the the accusations of Deshaun Watson versus Tom Brady. But the point I'm trying to make is that Goodell now I will say he has in the past acted as his own judge, jury, and executioner. But on the flip side, I would also say that he's also gotten crushed for it, and and there's been kind of a pushback in recent years that he should not be kind of you know having any sort of, of hand in punishment and stuff like that. So so you think it'll be under six at this point? That's where you're. Yeah,
8: at. I don't, and I don't think Roger Goodell is going to go ahead and change the punishment. I think whatever Sue Robinson comes up with, whatever she says, they'll take that as the punishment, and then it'll be up to Desha- Deshaun Watson's legal team if they want to appeal that and get it a little bit lower. Which of course I think. They will. Yeah, my only real thought uh, is that
7: I kind of get the sense that I I do think the NFL wants something long. Um, and, And part of it is not just because of what he did or did not do or whatever, but there are still a few civil cases. And Deshaun Watson has looked everybody in the eye once. And uh, said there was nothing more that was going to come out, and then we had the New York Times story a few weeks ago. And so, I think they want something long. I don't think it's going to be lengthy. I think they're going to maybe make it a little bit more than six, so that if there is an appeal, they can end at six. Uh, so I guess we're we, you know we're we're not speaking a totally different language here, right, Arnie. Right, but right, right. Um, I, I think it's minimum of six.
8: I'm with you. Are people going to be mad though? Are there going to be protests? Are people going to be saying that's disgusting and be outraged if it's just eight games or six games or four games or any of those? I'll
7: tell you this. We'll discuss that next, Arnie. But first... Let's get back to Steve
6: Sager. What's trending, to Sager? Hello, and the Robert Kraft reference—that that is apples and oranges, because Kraft—it's illegal and consensual, and in this case, none of the thirty-plus women are talking about consensual. So it is—it is apples and oranges. It's not the same thing.
8: Well, but it was still—you know—you got to get close to the punishment, and he had no punishment, though.
6: Yeah. Well, you talk about illegalities, yeah, but the whole part of
8: technically the- Robert Kraft was illegal by law. Yes, um, police I, but, were but, taping, and then the right, tapes couldn't Right, but use. but Deshaun Watson's not illegal by law.
6: It is if it's not consensual. That's, that's the no, difference. But there's no criminal
8: charges. We 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 can't say as long as there's no criminal charges, we can't say it's illegal. You're
6: right. He settled because yeah. he's innocent.
8: Right. Well, no, <laughs> but but you know what? Some people do settle because they don't want to go through you know lengthy trials. You're right. I believe he's guilty. Just like I believe OJ's guilty, but we can't call him a murderer.
6: We just can't do that. He settled with what twenty four of thirty,
8: yeah. something like that. So yeah. far, yeah. No, I and I agree with you. I <laughs> I believe something bad happened. I just don't have the.
6: I'm just saying proof. the yeah. idea of consent means. Means that the Kraft case and the Watson case are not apples to apples. That's all okay. I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. The Mets have taken the lead and they're Woo! holding on in the bottom of the 10th inning at Wrigley Field, Chicago. It's New York 4-3 over a Cubs team that has lost eight in a row. The Mets already took the opener of this doubleheader in 11 innings, 2-1. They're playing two because they were rained out at Wrigley yesterday. Only two other games still going on. The Dodgers have the late game in Anaheim. They're up 6 nothing over the Angels in the bottom of the fourth. Two early home runs from Trey Turner. A three-run shot from Max Muncy. And Mike Trout, Angels All-Star, was scratched from the lineup just before first pitch due to his back spasms. He's been out since Tuesday. The Padres at home lead the Diamondbacks 4-3 in the bottom of the eighth on a Luke Voigt home run. Yankees pounded Boston 14-1. Aaron Judge with his 32nd and 33rd home runs of the season. While he had the two long balls, the Red Sox offense only had three hits, three for 30 in the game. Seattle won its 13th straight game a 10-inning win, 3-2 at Texas. Atlanta sent Washington to a ninth straight loss, 6-3. Colorado won its 5th game in a row, 2-0 over Pittsburgh today, and St. Louis beat Cincinnati 11-3. Nolan Arenado of the Cardinals will miss the All-Star game with a bad back. Rory McIlroy is tied for the 4-shot lead at the British Open with Victor Hovland. They'll tee off in the final round at St. Andrews before 10 a.m. Eastern time. The U.S. tonight swept the men's 100-meter final at the World Championships, led by Fred Curley. The World's being held in Eugene, Oregon. Apparently the last time the U.S. swept the men's 100 at the World's it was led by Carl Lewis in 1991 and led by Carl Lewis in 1983. And we've already had the All-Star break start in a sense. At least All-Star week in L.A. has begun because tonight at Dodger Stadium was the Futures game. Essentially a minor league All-Star game of top prospects. Dodger first rounder from Louisville Bobby Miller started. Had three strikeouts in the first inning. We'll talk about the Cardinals Mason win at shortstop in a moment but the game MVP was a guy the A's just acquired in the Matt Olson trade from Atlanta this year catcher Shea Langoliers had an early home run his AL team had three homers in the first four innings and one. well this guy at shortstop for the Cardinals at double a I must mention his name, Mason Wynn. I brought it up to the Cardinals fan that was on before you, Brian, no. This guy was a second-round pick out of high school two years ago. Last season, according to the Cardinals beat writer, he had more throws to first base at 95 miles an hour or faster than any infielder in pro baseball. Now, his double-A teammate was also his third baseman next to him for this game tonight, and he had told him in advance, if I get a chance to let loose on a throw to first tonight, I'm going to do it. Early in the game, ground ball to short, he picks it up, wind throws it to first, it's clocked at 100.5 miles per hour. Make him a pitcher, man. (laughs) And just this week, on the major league level, that tall pirate shortstop rookie O'Neill Cruz had set the record with about a 98 mile an hour throw from short to first and I say record because in StatCast the seven years that they've been clocking such thing that 98 that's the fastest from an infielder over to first base here a minor leaguer granted in an exhibition but at Dodger Stadium tonight a Cardinal minor leaguer threw at 100 miles an hour to get a runner at first back to you. <laughs> Thank wow. you, Steve DeSager. This is Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Saturday. Aaron Torres,
7: Arnie Spanier, in for Jason Martin today. By the way, Arnie, I swear, since you left this show, I think you work more Saturdays than you did before you left.
8: Yeah, it's starting to feel that way. I, I filled in <laughs> for I filled in for you guys. I filled in for Joy Taylor a bunch of times. I filled in for Gargano. Uh, matter of fact, that we had a bunch of openings today, so it was uh, we tried to figure out where I was going to work, but. You know, again, if I'm not traveling, if I'm not going somewhere, that's fine. My son's going to be trying out for minor league hockey uh, next month. So maybe I'll hit the road for that also. We'll see. Very
7: good. So before the break, you actually asked an interesting question. And, uh, you know, I, I'm actually curious to kind of dive into it is, you know, there's there's kind of a, a growing belief that this investigator, Sue Robinson, because there are no criminal charges that have been brought against Deshaun Watson, that the suspension is going to be very minimal, if anything at all. Now, keep in mind, he didn't play last year, but part of it wasn't just the allegations. There was the weird trade demand and blah, 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 this and that. What do you think the reaction is going to be? Because I, I think there's going to be a very conflicted group of people, because I think on one hand, there, are, there is going to be the people that say, well, wait a second now, there were no criminal charges. There were, were no anything. But I think there's also going to be a lot of people that are sitting there saying, um, as, as you and DeSager just kind of mentioned during the update, is like, he might have settled but it doesn't mean that he's innocent of of what he was accused of by at least some of these accusers. Right. What, right. What do you think the reaction would be I if th- he gets none or or a minimal suspension?
8: I think if it's if it's none or a min- if it's none, then I think there's going to be some reaction. Then I think people are going to be outraged. But really, what can you do about it? Uh, there'll be a couple of days of people getting upset, and then it will go back to the back burner, and, and people will forget about it. If it's more like six games, I think people were kind of uh, you know they, they see that there was going to be no criminal charges a while ago. We we knew this a couple of months ago when they said they were going to go ahead and do this anyway. So I think more people are like, okay, here we go. We know what he did. He's a bad guy. Let's just see how many games he gets and we'll move on. So if he gets to six games, I think people will say, we know you're a bad guy. You should be in jail. But uh, that's the way things work. And let's see how good the Cleveland Browns are going to be with Deshaun Watson. I think a lot of people want to look at that. So that takes away some of the hatred there. So I don't think there's going to be nearly of a backlash as if there was zero games, which I don't think is going to happen anyway. I'll tell you this. Uh, I'm going to pull
7: an Arnie Spanier right now. Okay. And I am going to ask you a question that is impossible to answer. Okay, I love that. Yes, this is the Arnie Spanier special. Okay. Do you believe that there's anything else that could potentially come out? Because I'll say this, we were told by Deshaun Watson, There, by the way, there's a reason that the Cleveland Browns traded for him, that Carolina wanted him, Atlanta wanted him, you know, I think New Orleans was in the mix there at the end. There's a reason all of these teams wanted him in a trade, and it was because he told the NFL, he told investigators, he told everybody that there was nothing else that was going to come out. Right, right. Then the New York Times report comes out. Uh, first of all, there was a 25th accuser that, that emerged. Then the New York Times comes out and says there's close to 30-plus new masseuses that we had no idea about. Do you believe that whether whether he gets the, a year-long suspension or zero games, whatever it is, do you believe that, that we are completely done with this story? Nothing else to see here? There's nothing else that's going to come out?
8: No, I, I, I can't rightfully say that at all. I mean, if I'm going to go ahead and, and bet my life on it or bet money on it, I'm not betting that we're not going to hear anybody else come forward. We don't know if anybody else has uh, had, had gone through the same thing but just had not come forward yet, so I can't say that the whole thing is going to be resolved and everybody's going to be happy and walk away and we're not going to hear any more of this story after after they do the sentence Uh, no I I can't say that with good conscience I can't do that well and that's
7: why I keep going back to what you know why like I do think they need to give him uh, yeah listen I still listen I don't think it's going to happen I still think they should give him the year, because remember, he still has civil suits and civil the, the civil court process is still going to go on as of right now with a couple of these accusers. Um, and, and I still don't believe that there might not be more that comes out, because once again... He looked everybody in the eye and said that we were
8: done, and we clearly weren't. So, Well, I mean, but you can't withhold punishment. You can't say, well, we're going to withhold this for like uh, six months or a year until we make sure nobody else comes forward. You've done your investigation. Once your investigation wraps up, you need to go ahead and and put down a punishment, Uh, not only for um, Deshaun Watson, but for the Cleveland Browns also, because they may have to make moves um, for the the start of the season, depending on how many games he gets suspended. So you've got to go ahead and come up with an answer here yeah I just
7: I sit there and say this guy looked me in the eye once and said it said everything was done it wasn't um you know I I I could I'm I'm just curious I at this point I'm curious listen we could agree disagree on what it should be we can agree disagree on what he actually did versus what he's accused of by the way Dodgers now up seven nothing deep bomb there I think it was Bellinger that hit it no it wasn't it was uh Freddie Freeman Freddie Freeman yeah Um, uh, there's a difference between what what we think happened versus what we know. There's difference between criminal versus this versus that. I'm just at this point, I'm just curious. I'm genuinely curious. And I will say this, and we'll, we'll wrap on this note, is I remember talking about this with Jason when the NFL schedule came out. If you look at the NFL schedule... Um, it's a pretty uh, tame schedule to open for the Cleveland Browns, although ironically they're obviously playing Baker Mayfield and the Panthers in week one. We couldn't have known it at the time. But really the first, what is this here now, two, they play a Thursday night game, but most of the early part of their schedule, right up until right around Halloween is all 1 o'clock kickoffs and what are unmarquee games, which leads me to believe that the NFL was planning on suspending him for at least six, and we will see from there. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier in on a Saturday night. Coming up, we go to college football. Interesting comments from Caleb Williams' dad today. You're not going to want to miss this. Fox Sports Radio.
0: Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long.
10: And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit BioToyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
7: Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier here on a Saturday night. Uh, by the way, Arnie, yes, I know you're a huge college football guy. I know. I know this is the year for Arizona. By the way, no doubt about it. Oh, we've That's missed That's right. That. We've missed that. You, I know he,
8: Connecticut's doing a uh, pretty good job recruiting, so what I see.
7: Yeah, Jim Mora, baby. Jim Mora season. You know, Jim Mora really wasn't that bad at UCLA. Uh, three, I think he had three nine-win seasons, one okay, ten-win And that's win enough. I didn't really want to hear
8: about Connecticut. I'm sorry.
7: Well, I didn't really want to hear you roar <laughs> for a team that's about to go 0-12. <laughs> so I, what I, I bring it up because, you know, SEC Media Day is this week. And that's kind of the unofficial start of college football season, As you get all the coaches together. Uh, you know who the first coach to speak this year at SCC Media Days? Brian Kelly, the new LSU head coach. So uh, it's coming. And I wanted
8: to, 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 you know, just touch on... I think little. the start of the season's kind of been overshadowed because of all the conference realignment talk and still what's going to happen to the rest of the Pac-12, what's going to happen to the Big 12. Uh, the Big 12 really doesn't have to do anything because they've already got the four teams that they're bringing in, but people want to know what's going to happen to the rest of the Pac-12 and they going to add some of the West Coast teams like a San Diego State and a UNLV. And um, I think it's kind of overshadowing the start of the season.
7: Do you think uh, the Pac-12 is going... Do you think that those... any team from the Pac-12 is
8: going to leave, or do you think those 10 are going to stay together? I, I think that there's a possibility all 10 stay together and merge with uh, the Big 12, but I don't know what they're waiting on. I, things have kind of moved pretty fast. I didn't like the fact, I forget which commissioner came out and pretty much said every you know team for themselves um so I think that was the Big Twelve Commissioner. So I'm I'm wondering if there's still something going on that we don't know about behind the scenes. I know I, I think Arizona and Arizona State really do hold some good value because you're getting the Phoenix market with Arizona State and you're getting a good basketball school with Arizona. Um, They have good geography also, but it doesn't seem like they're going to break away from what's left of the uh, Pac-12.
7: Yeah, it it feels like um, what's so interesting is it's just one of those deals where literally everyone kind of has to do what's best for them because nobody really wants to commit. Everybody's looking for something better. And so, like, I I think if you are Arizona and Arizona State and you think the Big 12 is a better spot, you should do it. Uh, Because I don't think Oregon and Washington are committed. I don't think, uh, you know, I I don't think the Bay Area schools, I think
8: Stanford could be in the mix if Notre Dame ever joined the Big Ten. I I think Arizona, Arizona State, this is never going to happen, but I would love for them to go to the SEC. Geography, it's perfect. I mean, you laugh at that. Perfect. It's perfect, huh? It is. What well, is Arizona? There's, they do a lot of recruiting in Texas. Obviously, um, there, you know, wouldn't be a lot of travel for them. You're getting a great basketball school in Arizona. It wouldn't be a lot of travel for, to two schools. It'd be a lot of travel to Florida. It'd be a lot of travel to LSU. It'd be a lot of travel to South Carolina. It wouldn't be that bad to LSU. It wouldn't be that bad there either. It's not any worse than what UCLA and USC is doing with the Big Ten. But, um, you know, I, I still think it's the closest. And, you know, I know the SEC doesn't want to expand. But at least they're getting the Phoenix market. So you're getting some high-end markets in that also. But, you know, the SEC is pretty uh, elite, so they're not going to do anything. So really quick, I
7: saw this story today. Actually, I didn't see it. Uh, Producer Bo sent it along. Uh, Caleb Williams, uh, obviously the high-profile guy uh, at USC right now, he, he left with Lincoln Riley uh, from Oklahoma. And there were a couple things that were interesting that came out of the interview one of which his dad, Carl uh, Carl Williams, said about the whole situation at Oklahoma. Of course, if you remember, Arnie, uh, Lincoln Riley leaves, and, and you think he's going to get everybody, including Caleb Williams, and he did get a fair number of players. But what's easy to forget, Caleb Williams played in the bowl game for Oklahoma, and I think there was a thought that he was going to stay at Oklahoma. He stuck through uh, the, the winter, winter workouts, does the bowl game, whatever. Um, and so here is what his dad told the L.A. Times today. We didn't know what we were going to do. And honestly, when we went into the portal, Oklahoma was at the top of the list, but they didn't. They did some things that weren't in his best interest. And so uh, he doesn't say it, but the insinuation is that Oklahoma basically took a commitment from a quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, transferred from Central Florida the day. Caleb Williams announced that he was going to enter the transfer portal. Do you believe that Oklahoma was actually at the top of the list, or is that Caleb Williams' dad with a little bit of revisionist history?
8: I, I don't know if he was on the top of the list. I don't even know why he would say something like that. Um, you know, he was saying that the fans have turned on him, and that was one of the reasons, also, uh, I believe that he wanted to go ahead and transfer. At this point, I I don't really care. But there's a lot of stuff that goes behind the scenes. And, you know, it's it's recruiting is a dirty job. You know, they promise you the position or they promise they will recruit your position. And that's exactly what they do. They go out there. I was going to say the next year. Hell, the next hour, they could be recruiting at your position. They just don't tell you the truth. There's a lot of maneuvering out there in Oklahoma. But, um, you know, that's the hard truth. When we came up with this transfer portal, this is what you're going to get. I'm not sure. Why his father came out and said something like that? You can't benefit by saying that, uh, Aaron. I, I really don't think you can.
7: Yeah, it was funny. I was talking to producer Bo about this. Uh, you know, when when uh, earlier in the day, and it's like, uh, you know, part of me does believe that that he really his his plan was to kind of see what was out there with the possibility of coming back to Oklahoma. But I don't blame Oklahoma for taking a quarterback right away either. First of all, right, you know, right. uh, you know, it, the kid didn't commit for close to a month after he decided to transfer, and it's like Oklahoma
8: can't sit around until the middle of February without exactly. a backup plan. And so, well, you have to make other choices. You really do. Yes.
7: They they did, and so uh, they got Dylan Gabriel, Caleb Williams, now at USC. As I said, SEC media days now uh, start on Monday, mm. and oh, by the way, we're about I think six weeks from week zero, seven weeks from week one in college football coming up. We go. Back to the NBA. Plenty to discuss. Why doesn't anybody want Kevin Durant? Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier, Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in, everybody. Hour three, Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier. Arnie, of course, in for Jason Martin this evening. By the way, you want to tweet into the show. Tweet us at Aaron underscore Torres at stinking genius one show flying on by. It's like riding a bike, Arnie Spanier.
8: Just like the old days. Uh, just like uh, years ago when we used to do, we did a show for four years. You forget about that.
7: But by, you know, they say, say it went by quick. Some say it went by quick. Some say it didn't. Uh, <laughs> I You know, I, I'll say this. I love Jason. Uh, I know you love working with Plank. I, I miss working with you a little bit, though. it Maybe just a little bit. Right.
8: Maybe just a little bit. You? Boy, this is awkward. This is awkward. Wow! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, of course I miss working with you. I just I just needed that day off. You know what I mean? I just needed because one day, two days a week was just way too much on me. Way way too taxing. <laughs> I had to cut it down to one day a week.
7: Um. So real quick. So what are you doing now with all your free time? You don't do the Saturday, You don't do the weekday show anymore.
8: No, but you know what? Just a couple of uh, weeks ago, I went out to Vegas with my fraternity brothers. Okay. otherwise you know, and Resin and Thumper and Quiche and Roger. Roger. What do they have call you? By the way, Spiggy. So Spiggy. yeah, so Roger doesn't have a nickname, and we had a blast. I mean, it was absolutely. I took that Sunday off actually, so I could um, hang out with the guys. It was it was just so much fun. We haven't seen each other for over, like, 20 years. So, you know, that's the stuff I've been missing out on year to year, so I got to do that. I, I went to my son's graduation. I went out to Ohio another time. I went to my niece's uh, wedding in um, Wichita, Kansas. Ooh, so, Wichita. I've, yeah. You know, I've been there. I've seen, it was fun. Yeah. I had a good time when I went to Wichita. It is. Uh, so just uh, just enjoying it, and then um, next month we'll see. Uh, my kid is trying out for hockey. I think he's going to try out for a team in Biloxi, Mississippi. Ooh. Places like that. So we'll see where we'll end up, you know. Been to Biloxi? No, I have not been. I hear it's a great town, though. I hear it's just awesome.
7: I, uh, so when I went to the Final Four this year in New Orleans, I had, I got in a day early, just, you know, there was reasons why, but, uh, I had a day to kill and I almost ended up in Biloxi. I thought about driving down. I didn't end oh, I up doing it. I hear it's awesome.
8: It. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of casino. I hear it's, just, it's, I think the TV's trying for the, the, um, Mississippi Sea Wolves I think is what they call them. Oh heard,
7: I heard about the them. The Sea
8: Wolves I There heard, you go. I
7: heard they're, they're set everywhere except for goalie yeah. They're a goalie away from really competing <laughs> that's at all the they highest need. level.
8: Yeah, that's all they need is a goalie out there so uh, hopefully I'll go down and watch them try it down there also Fantastic. Well let's get back to the NBA and you know we opened the show uh,
7: LeBron obviously showed up at, at the Drew League today. The thought was that Kyrie Irving would join him so uh, we're all on kind a Kyrie LeBron reunion watch in, in LA but we're also kind of on this KD watch with what's going on with him next and and it's been really interesting Arnie because you know I, I, I like I said I've been out of town um, I, I you know just traveling just just being away and I I re- I was really expecting like if something's gonna happen it felt like okay could this be the week would this be the week? That it happened, would I be coming back to something uh, with Kevin Durant on a new team? Instead, you know, it feels like the market just isn't as big as anybody was expecting it to be. What do you make of the fact that it just feels like, uh, it just feels like... It, I don't want to say that nobody's interested in Kevin Durant, because that's not true. Right. But it does feel like nobody's willing to give up the farm to get Kevin Durant, which has kind of been an interesting plot twist that a lot of people I don't think were expecting.
8: It is. Is it his money? Is it the attitude? Is it the way he'll leave you in the drop of a dime if he doesn't like the way things are going? Is it a combination of all of the above? Certainly nobody's questioning his ability and his talent and winning you an NBA championship. But you're right, suitors are very thin and uh, far between, and there's not a lot of teams that can afford them. You mentioned, or the talk has been Miami, Phoenix, but I don't think Phoenix is an option anymore, so it's Miami and going back to Brooklyn and, uh, you know, going up to Golden State. I think that's pretty much it. I really thought Golden State made the most sense because they could give something in return for him. Um, I don't know if they're going to want to end do that, but I don't think there's a lot of options for them at all. That's for sure. Really quick, that that
7: seems to have been the buzz this week. And again, I was traveling, but but you know, just keeping an eye on everything and watching the shows on FS1 and, and listening to to the, to the guys and girls on the, this station when uh, when I had time. You know, it seemed as though that was the conversation. Was does it? I don't want to say doesn't make sense. It makes sense for Golden State, but I'll tell you this, Arnie, and, and I I know you'll probably disagree. I don't think I'd make the move if I was the Golden State Warriors. I mean, you just won an NBA title. And the thing that was so amazing to me watching this Warriors run over the course of the last couple months... They're really set up nicely for the future. Now, there's right, no, th- right. Yeah, there's no guarantee that any of these guys, you know, Jordan Poole's probably of the young guys, the furthest along. There's no guarantee that he becomes an all-star. Certainly nobody says he's going to become the next Steph or the next Clay. Uh, but you have him. You have Kaminga. You have Moses Moody, who played really well in spot minutes in the playoffs. Obviously, we'll see what happens with James Wiseman. I'm not as high on him as some others. Do you give up all of that? for another year or two with Kevin Durant. By the way, here's the other thing. Like, like you know, people are saying, like, they got to do it. You got to do it. I get Kevin Durant's talented. They didn't really seem like anybody was having fun when he was there. Like, I-, I think it's you did it. It was awesome. You won two titles. But you just proved that you could win without him. And I don't understand this idea that they got to go out and get him because you just won a championship. It'd be one thing if you lost in the Western Conference Finals or even if you get to the finals and you're not quite there but you won the championship, you won the ultimate prize. I don't know if blowing it up for another one to two years with all of these older players in the prime is worth it. I really don't. The,
8: well, it probably isn't, but the, the question you have to ask is, is Steve Kerr, how much longer is he going to be around? And if it's going to be two isn't or three years... is he calling in an hour four to tell us that? or not? Uh, no? Yeah, well, okay. I'm sure he's going to be calling in an hour four. Um, is he going to go ahead and only be around for two or three more years? and if that's the case, then maybe he's going to want Kevin Durant. You're right. They don't need him. They don't need to rush out and get him. Do they want him? Um, I'm sure some Warrior fans do. It's probably 50-50 out there. But after winning an NBA championship, they don't have to do it at all. Had they lost the NBA championship, that's a different story. But they don't have to make any moves right now. They could just sit back and, and just say, we're going to run it back. We feel good with what we have. Well, that, And that's
7: why. I just, it's not that I don't get it. I just think there's this idea that we, we always think of sports and, and specifically basketball, is like it's just a big like fantasy basketball league, right? Just go get all the best players and, and put them all together. And we've seen how many times it doesn't always work. Russell Westbrook with the Lakers did not work. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden were supposed to run the league forever. They played, I think, 12 games total, and now KD and Kyrie might not be in Brooklyn next isn't year. It,
8: isn't that weird? I mean, you listen, look at the names you mentioned. Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Westbrook, James Harden, and what do they all have in common? Not much of a market for each and every one of them. Even when Harden was moved... There was only a few teams that could actually take him or want him with the way his attitude and salary is right now. So are people realizing we don't need those attitudes? We don't need those salaries. They disrupt the team. They're not good uh, teammates. uh, They're not good teammates on the court. I'm not sure what it is, but it seems like all those guys have a lot in common there. Well, what I've said and what I truly believe
7: is the era of – We just get a bunch of superstars and give them complete control. I believe that era is over. Um, Lakers missed the playoffs this year. Clippers, I know Kawhi was hurt, so it doesn't really count. They missed the playoffs this year. The Nets get swept out of round one. And who are the teams that had success? The Warriors. Most everybody on that roster drafted by the team, developed by the team. They they trust the GM to make the right moves. Steph and Draymond weren't demanding that they trade all their draft picks. The second things went sour a year or two ago, finished with the worst record in the NBA one year, as a matter of fact. The Boston Celtics, as we mentioned earlier in the show, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, all drafted by the team. Memphis Grizzlies, mostly homegrown players. I know they didn't make a deep run, but they're a team that, that's mostly
8: through the draft. They trust the coach. They trust the GM. Isn't it funny how the first two teams you mentioned um, went to the championship without their superstars? The Warriors went back to the championship without Kevin Durant, and Boston went to the championship without Kyrie Irving. Matter of fact, you could look at some of the superstars. Um, the Pelicans have done better without it. Anthony Davis. Um, they they did well the without team. Zion this they year. They did well without Zion. So maybe the day of having that one dominant guy is, is I'm not going to say isn't important, but it's not the end all, the be all. When John Morant went out, Memphis was still like 18-2 and two or something like that. So um, it, it's really about the whole... The whole team, not just one superstar. Well, and that's kind of why, I think to go back to
7: the original question, it's be- why I don't think there's much of a market for Kevin Durant, is yes, if you can, if you're if you were Phoenix, and like you said, now that they have DeAndre in back, it's probably unlikely but, um, you know are you going to blow everything up just to get Kevin Durant, and you know in a year or two he's going to be unhappy? I don't know that you do it. If you're the Miami Heat, Yes, you have to give up something to get him, but you know, you can't trade Bam out of bio. Uh you're not going to trade Jimmy Butler, so then all of a sudden who are you actually trading? And so the point I'm trying to make yeah. is I, I think that a lot of these teams are are starting to learn the lesson of yes, Kevin Durant is a great individual talent. But here's the bottom line, Arnie. The last time he made the finals when he wasn't playing with Steph Curry was 10 years ago. Was a decade ago and so he hasn't elevated teams without uh you know without Steph Curry and all he does is complain and whine he can't get along with anybody he couldn't get along with probably you know the easiest superstar in the world to get along with. Steph Curry um, couldn't get along with Steve Kerr, who seems like a pretty easy guy to play for. So it's not that he's not talented, but it's just like you got to blow up everything, you got to give up everything, and in a year he's going to be unhappy. It's just I, I think
8: all of this plays into itself. Well, you you got to understand, and I, I mentioned this when I was filling in with uh, with, with Plank. Uh, if I'm the owner of, the, of of the Brooklyn Nets, which is which is Joe Sy, right? He is the owner. Um, I go. I call a little meeting, and I say, you know what? I want. To, I want to speak to KD, and I want to go ahead and speak to Kyrie in my office, right? So you, you hear a knock at the door, and they go, "Hi, come on in." Hi, KD, Kyrie, how you doing? Don't bother sitting. It's going to be a short meeting. Um, I just want to say to you, KD, you have four years left on the contract. You're not going to be traded. We'll wow. see you. At, we'll see you at practice. Um, remember, I gave you the forty million to rehab yourself. Shut up. I'll see you at, at, at the first practice, Kyrie. Nobody really wants you other than the Lakers, and I'm not just going to give you away. Here are your choices. You can come back and and, and play with Simmons and, and KD, or maybe I could ship you to another team and get a little bit more. You don't like that? Then you get ready for day one too. All right, guys. I'll see you later. Nice seeing you. Goodbye. That that's pretty much how the meeting is going to go.
7: You know, Arnie. They say with age comes wisdom, yes. and apparently. You finally learned the lesson that I've been telling you for four years. What is that? What I is told that? you for all these years, just because a guy demands a trade doesn't mean you have to trade him. We, I said this with Anthony
8: yeah, Davis. But, this, but that you're talking from like a player having position. you got to understand these owners have bigger egos than the players do. Well, they, they say, I have more money than you do. I own the team, so you work
7: for me. Well, and I, I'll say this. This is who I actually give credit to, and maybe this is a good segue to what we'll talk about coming up after the break, and I want to bring in producer Bo for half a second. But what I would say is, you know who actually laid down the blueprint on all of this was the well, the Philadelphia 76ers. I bring it up because obviously the Sixers just traded James Harden for Ben Simmons. The 76ers said, we're not just going to give away Ben Simmons, and we can criticize Ben Simmons, and, and he has his shortfalls. He's like a 24-year-old all-star that when he plays is a great playmaker and is one of the best defensive wings in the league. And they're like, we're not just going to give him away because you don't want to play here anymore. When we find a trade package that works for us – then we will trade you. Otherwise, you're going to sit out, and we're going to do everything we can not to pay you, and we don't care how much you complain, and we don't care how much you do this and how much you do that. And so it'll be interesting with KD, and I actually want to discuss that exact topic after the break really right. quickly. Bo, you said you had something. Go ahead. Come on in.
9: Yeah, no, it's it's nice to talk about owners and stuff playing hardball with their players that request trades, but I can you guys name a player who requested a trade in the NBA in the last, like, 10 years and didn't get their wish eventually. No, maybe
8: like. not the NBA, but we could say somebody like Aaron Rodgers, right?
9: Yeah, but I mean, we're, you know, in well, Kevin Durant's case, like, I,
7: Well, I, I see, and so two things. One, I would say that I think the 76ers were the team that finally drew the line in the sand said, you don't want to play here, that's fine, but we're not going to trade you where you want to go, when you want to go, under the circumstances that you want. I would also say the New Orleans Pelicans, you can criticize them, but I thought that they did a pretty good, if you remember that year, they had a trade set That was essentially the exact same trade that they got in the offseason. But they said, we're not trading you to the Lakers just because this is what you want right now. And so they waited, they got whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I will tell you this, Bo, and I appreciate you bringing up that point. Because coming up, I'm going to tell you why Kevin Durant is actually different than all of those other guys. And why I do think that Arnie's comments... Man, you must be. You've been hanging out with Beth too much. You're getting I'm some on com- fire. You're getting some common sense and you're bringing up good points. I'm terrified. This is tough for you to admit, huh? I mean, it's tough for me to I mean, you know, they say a broken clock is to- right twice a day. Arnie Spaniards right like twice a year and they wow. were both tonight. So this is incredible. I'm going to tell you why Arnie is right again, but also why I think KD is the one superstar, maybe in the
0: league, that you can say, you got to go out and play, man. That's next Fox Sports Radio.
7: Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. Boy, am I an idiot. You sure are, buddy. Why why this time specifically?
8: I'm just so old. I'm out of touch. I really am. Uh, uh. You know, Sometimes you read Twitter and you don't get the whole thing because it's moving really quickly, you know what I mean, on the feed. And you're trying to do the show. You're trying to read Twitter. You're trying to read um, the mentions that get sent to us. And then you're just keeping an eye if there's any news out there. And it says, you know, a couple people tweeted this. They go, the crowd's going crazy. There's a mad rabbit on the field. And I'm like, what the heck? There's a mad... what? How do they know the rabbits? And then it goes, well, I thought it said mad bunny, but I guess they meant bad, (laughs) bad bunny. You are old,
7: man. Holy crap. I go, who
8: the hell's bad bunny, man? It's a rapper, I guess? I had no idea. I'm like, well, what are they getting crazy because there's some rabbit on the field? What the hell? Well, okay, so... I will say, you know, I know a
7: little bit more about him. Um, he about is, Bad Bunny? Well, he's a Hispanic performer, and my wife is Hispanic, so she I can't lie and say that I know a ton about him, but I know a little bit about him. Okay. But I will
8: say that if I saw a
7: tweet, and I know Arash Markazi just tweeted it. Yes, that's where um, I saw that.
8: Arash put it out. I'm like, are they talking about a bunny rabbit? There's a mad bunny rabbit on the field? How do they know it's mad? Yes, that, that, that does make you sound old and out of touch. Even if you weren't familiar with the rapper, I don't think anybody thought there wait, were- wait, do our producers know who Bad Bunny is? Come on Don now. Brown, this... come on in. Don Brown, do you know who Bad Bunny is or
5: what? I do know who Bad Bunny is. He's huge. He is. Uh, then I feel stupid then.
9: <laughs> he, <laughs> he had a bunch of commercials for uh, one of the beers, I think Corona. Really? Yeah, he was on the beach with like Snoop Dogg and stuff. He was also
7: in the most recent season of Narcos, and they made a big deal about that Okay, so I guess Bad Bunny's bigger than me, then. <laughs> so you're not only out of touch with music, also touch. pop culture, because yes. he was in uh, Narcos. So it's, very popular so it's not show. a mad rabbit on the field, then. Nothing like that. Though. You've heard of you've heard of Netflix, right? Narcos yes, is a of show yes, on Netflix. You. I yes. know
8: that. Thank you very much.
7: I just assume you just have Pac-12 Network on the on the TV twenty
8: four hours a day up there in Vermont. So yeah, I just. By the way, Vermont got voted the number one place to live. How about that again for the second year in a row by CNBC? Wow! Congratulations. What's yeah, the, the weather like up there this this oh, time? It It's here? beautiful. It was eighty degrees, eighty two degrees. It was absolutely gorgeous today. 82. That seems unseasonably warm. Is that unseasonable? Yeah, it's, it's a little. It's a little warm, but it was nice. I'm not going to complain about a little bit of heat when we have negative 10 or 20 degrees a lot of the time in the winter. You know.
7: Yeah, I remember uh, doing a. I, I had to call a coach for some story that was based in New Hampshire, probably about 10 years ago, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, it's 91 up here." He's like, "Oh my god, we haven't had it 91 up here, and I can't even tell you how long." And I was yeah, like, "91,
8: wow. you don't want to go outside? Then it's just way too hot. They can't handle that."
7: Very good. Well, speaking of way too hot, yeah. You know what's not hot? The Kevin Market trademark. Kevin Durant trademark. Wow, I butchered that one. <laughs> That's what happens when he let me drive. <laughs> but you know, you said before the break. So he said, if you were Joseph Tsai, the owner of the, the the Brooklyn Nets, you would pull Kevin Durant into your office and Kyrie Irving too. But you know, the main focus here is Kevin Durant. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and say, look, you got four years left on the deal.
8: You're playing. And is that unrealistic? I mean, th- th- isn't that why I gave him the contract because I want him to play for me? So that's why I gave him the four, five, six years, or no? First of all,
7: this has been my biggest beef with the NBA for years, and this is why I believe the NBA in in terms of cachet and whatever. Like, I do think it's it's it everything. Like like the ratings are going down. I think this is a big reason why. Is I I don't think the average fan can relate to making thirty five million dollars a year. Um, having a bad day at work and demanding you be traded to somewhere else. But with Kevin Durant specifically, you mentioned this concept. And I do think producer Bo brought up a great point before the break about the idea that you can go through just about any player over the last five, six, seven years. When somebody demands a trade, it happens. Uh, James Harden demanded a trade out of Houston. He got it. Ben Simmons demanded a trade out of Philly. It took a while, but he got it. Kyrie, never forget, demanded a trade out of Cleveland. He got it. Anthony Davis. But... I do think Kevin Durant is a little bit different, and I do think your idea holds weight for a little bit of a different reason. I do think there's a difference between James Harden, who's a little bit aloof, a little bit out of shape, whatever, and Kevin Durant. I do believe there's a difference between Kyrie Irving, who's been injury-prone, aloof, and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is an all-time historic great. And I don't believe that he can just sit out games the way that Anthony Davis did a few years ago when he was demanding a trade, right. the way that um, Kawhi
8: Leonard did in San Antonio,
7: Kawhi Leonard did in San Antonio. Remember, Kyrie Irving said, "If you don't trade me, I'm going to go. Un- I'm going to f- have a surgery so I don't have to play." I don't think Kevin Durant can do that because his like like he's now not only is he trying to chase another ring, whatever he's chasing legacy, he's chasing records, and I do think he he his stature as a player. You can't just not show up if you're Kevin right now. You can. But I don't know. I I feel like him and LeBron at this point in time are in a different point in their careers where they're chasing so much more than just another ring, another championship. And I, I don't think they can sit out on well, I
8: really don't. What it needs to be addressed is why doesn't he want to go back? If, if he still has a good rapport with Kyrie, what's wrong with him, Kyrie, and Simmons back in Brooklyn and running it back another year? That's what I don't understand. I don't think it's all good with Kyrie. I don't care what the reports are saying, that they're still buddy-buddy and everything is working out fine. Otherwise, he wouldn't want to leave. He wouldn't want to go someplace else, especially because he knows there's really not too many places for him to go. And if Golden State... Was was one of them and they don't want him, then what are you going to do? Why doesn't he stay there in Brooklyn if him and Kyrie are all fine and everything, run it back with Simmons and build around them, get some other guys. They've got a pretty good team there. What are they crying about?
7: Well, it's really funny because I I was telling producer Bo this before the show is it's funny to me this idea that, um, you know, what, three months ago. What was the conversation about the Brooklyn Nets before the playoffs? Well, you know, these guys haven't played together, but KD's awesome, Kyrie's awesome, wait until Ben Simmons comes in. So if we all thought that literally like four months ago, why wouldn't we think the same exact thing that they're a potential title contender if those three guys are healthy? What right, what has changed?
8: Right. And it's not like you need a big free agent to go there. All you need is a couple of pieces uh, to help you out. So I, I again, if you like playing with Kyrie, then why do you want to leave? Uh, you know, t- to go back to a, a Golden State or Miami? I don't I don't understand that. I'll tell you what, I have one more thought on this topic, and I want to get to
7: another topic that was a pretty big, interesting story. Related to the New York Jets, Spanier. I think you know what Ooh. I'm talking about. Uh, we'll discuss all that next, but let's bring in Steve DeSager with what's trending. What's up, DeSager?
6: One ball game still going. Dodgers lead 7 nothing in Anaheim, bottom of the seventh against the Angels, who thought they were going to have Mike Trout tonight. He was in the starting lineup, but scratched just before first pitch due to his back spasms. He's been out since Tuesday. Julio Arias is the Dodgers starter who's throwing a shutout tonight with seven strikeouts, no walks. LA has hit four home runs, including a solo shot from Freddie Freeman, who grew up very close to Anaheim, used to go to this stadium growing up. Trey Turner with two early long balls, and Max Muncie has hit a three-run homer. The Giants edge Milwaukee 2-1, to while the Cardinals won today 11-3 over Cincinnati. The Brewers are first in the NL Central just a game up on St. Louis, but Cardinal star Nolan Arenado will miss Tuesday's All-Star game with a bad back. The Yankees beat Boston 14-1. Aaron Judge with two home runs. He has 33. An oddity in the news by the way, out of that game at Yankee Stadium tonight. Police are investigating what appeared to be a yeah. drone spotted flying above right field for roughly 15 minutes over the outfield bleacher seats. The FAA bans unmanned aircraft from flying over stadiums. Well, games are in progress. It was San Diego over Arizona 4-3. to Baltimore won in 11 innings at Tampa Bay. Toronto won in 10 innings over Kansas City. Seattle won its 13th straight game in 10 at Texas. And the Mets won twice in extra innings to sweep a doubleheader from the Cubs in Chicago. Rory McIlroy is tied for the four-shot lead at the British Open with Victor Hovland. They'll tee off in the final round before 10 a.m. Eastern time. Cameron Young and Cameron Smith fell to a tie for third place. Scotty Scheffler is five shots back. Dustin Johnson is six back. The U.S. swept the men's 100 meter final at the World Championships, led by Fred Curley. And the NBA Summer League schedule ends tomorrow night in Las Vegas. Today, the Detroit Pistons were back on the court. They've been playing the Bayheims this summer. Buddy Bayheim was one of five from three point range today, five points. Jimmy Bayheim off the bench, 0 of three from long distance, five points, and three fouls. I want to play
8: then if they let anybody play. Come on. <laughs>
6: UCLA's Jules Bernard had 22 points in under 20 minutes off the bench for the Pistons. That guy's a
8: scorer. You may he may find the place to play. That guy's a scorer.
6: Utah Jazz have had Johnny Juzang from UCLA. Not a good percentage shooter. Pistons, by the way, won their game against Orlando. And for the Boston Celtics Summer League team, Justin Jackson from the North Carolina Tar Heels was 4 of 15 shooting for 10 points. And former Florida State center M. Fiondu had 18 points. It mm. wound up a win for the Nets over the the Celtics for the Brooklyn Nets. They have Cam Thomas from LSU, who's already been a co MVP of the Summer League, and he's been great the past couple of weeks. He had 25 points in this game. Back to you.
7: Thank you, Steve Sager. Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Saturday. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier in for Jason Martin. Uh, by the way, Sager will rejoin us here in about ten minutes for his extended update. Uh, Arnie, really quick, we were talking KD and Kyrie. Let's just let's just kind of put a bow on it by. I'm just going to ask you, how do you think this gets resolved? Because um, the Lakers seem to be kind of, uh, you know, kind of drawing the line in the sand on what they're what they're actually willing to give up for Kyrie. Uh, you may need a third team involved for the Russell Westbrook element of it. Um, And Kevin Durant, as we've talked about, it doesn't feel like there's very much of a market for him.
8: I think it's going to be somewhat status quo. I think Kevin Durant's going to go back to Brooklyn. If that's true, I get the feeling that Kyrie's going to end up staying there too. If anybody's going to get moved, though, it'll be Kyrie to the Lakers, and they'll get rid of the draft picks like they wanted. I still think Kevin Durant's going to end up in Brooklyn. They'll stay there with Simmons. They'll have to get another piece. And I still think there's a chance that there could be all three of them uh, staying there also. So uh, I'd probably bet... Uh, all three of them stay in Brooklyn before I bet that uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie leave. Really,
7: that's interesting. The only reason I bring it up is because of the fact that you know when I uh, when, when I when I look, I mean it'd be a pretty big L for Kevin Durant if he demands a trade and then comes back And I think publicly if he came out and said you know what I'm rescinding my trade that's offer. exactly
8: what he's going to do he's like you know what I've talked to Kyrie we decided we have other unfinished business to do here in Brooklyn we've talked to Joe Sy and we're all on the same page we know we have a championship caliber team we've got to go ahead and get it done some BS like that you know so do you think he just did this all to just help Kyrie do you, do you think it's over the the Kyrie non-extension I, I think it I, I I I'm not sure. I think because Kyrie wanted to be gone or was going to be gone, then he wanted to be gone and didn't want to stay there by himself and and, and be in a losing situation. I think he panicked a little bit and he didn't realize how slim the market is for him. So uh, I think if he could do it all over again, he never would have done that.
7: Yeah, and and I uh, you know I also it just goes back to you know I, I just the guy is so out of touch with you know, whether it's reality, reality is not the right word, but just perception, you know, like, like he comes off this week, you know, three, four weeks ago now where Charles Barkley calls him out, um, you know, says you're a bus rider. You only want to get on with the good teams, blah, 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 blah. And then immediately demands a trade and then immediately demands a trade to, oh, by the way, the two best teams in the NBA in, um, you know, in Miami and Phoenix were the two teams that he said he was interested in. So, you know. I I guess maybe he saves face if he says publicly, this is what I want. I want to give it one more run. And I also go back to Arnie to, to the other idea, which is what we talked about right before we got to DeSager. I don't get this idea where it's not salvageable in Brooklyn. If we all agreed a week before the playoffs, that if Ben Simmons came back, which we all expected at the time, that they were a title contender. Remember, we weren't talking about, uh, you know, uh, uh, can they get to can they get past the Celtics? One, we didn't know how good the Celtics were, but two, it was can they win a title this year? And now, all of a sudden, two weeks later, we decide—you know—two months later, we decide because they got swept that now this isn't salvageable. That's the part that I don't get. On
8: you know, it's interesting. How come there's not a bigger backlash? It goes to show you because it's in Brooklyn, and you know, you know, where are the fans there. Could you imagine if Kansas City, if if like Mahomes said, um, me and Travis Kelsey want to be traded? That we would be talking about that for months, wouldn't we? We—that's all we'd be talking about. Could you imagine if you know it was something like that? where, you? know big names and a quarterback or something wanted to be traded that's all we talk about here you could have a uh, uh, two hall of famers that could possibly ch- be traded nobody's really making a peep about it you know well unfortunately it's because of the culture that was created you know that's
7: been created in the nba and again i go back to i don't think it's good for the league i mean we can argue we could do the ratings are down the ratings have been down and i think it's because superstars are coming and going they're not playing in the regular season uh they get to the
8: like like that's I, the biggest problem not playing in the regular season but the, and the only getting in like 40 games now yeah. now
7: certain now, now there were parts of the playoffs that were the ratings were up but the finals were down so i, I want to be fair i don't want to just do that Yeah, but that. down
8: from what down from last year no. or the year
7: before well down from multiple years i mean you know and and what i again what i just keep going back to is I just don't think that the average American can relate to, uh, you know, guys that that you know are making thirty-five, forty million dollars well, a year. And and they're making show up that for
8: work. They're making that type of money in the NFL,
7: but they show up for work. They're getting hit in the mouth and getting up and playing like that. That's the part that that I think you know, and I and I think this younger generation sees that, and it seems like right now. They kind of understand, you know. It, Giannis is obviously committed long term to Milwaukee. Now they did win a championship, so that helps. But it appears as though John Moran is super happy in, um, you know, super happy in Memphis. You know, Devin Booker in uh, in Phoenix. So I'm hoping that the younger generation has all this. Figured How many out.
8: games do you want your superstar to play? How many games are you happy with? And don't, I'm not going to say like, uh, I'll just be happy if Anthony Davis does 60 because he's been out for so many uh, years. Um, you know, so many games for the last couple of years, just overall in general, forget if it's a LeBron or Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant or Kyrie. How many games should, or even a Giannis? How many games should you superstar play? I think assuming there's no real injuries, I I think 70 feels like the right number. I was going to say exactly what I was going to say. If I if I get 70 games, um, and that's with injury and load management, I'd be where can I sign for that right now? I'd sign up for that immediately. Yeah, and I'm not old school,
7: you know, 1960s columnist like. You owe it to play every game on the right. schedule because junior only gets to go to one game a year. No, I, I, and you know, I think part of it is what we've done in the media too, which is created this situation where if you don't win championships, it's all based on what you do in the playoffs. And so I get that. So you don't want a guy playing every night, but I, or you don't want a guy burning himself out, I should say, in the regular season, and then. But how do you
8: burn yourself out when there's hardly any more back-to-back games? When the travel is so easy? When it's so much easier to do it now than it was back in the day? How do you burn yourself out? I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying is, is I get the idea that it's probably not realistic
7: to ask your best player in this era where we demand everything is about the postseason. Everything's about championships. It it's probably doesn't it doesn't even make sense to play your guys 82 games, um, but you know I I just I do think you got to play more, and I I do think, uh you know some of these guys I don't know load management all that stuff I I don't think is good for the sport, but uh, I do want to switch gears, uh, and I do want to tell you, Desager will be joining us after the break. He does an extended update every Saturday. He's got some great stuff on baseball going into the All-Star break. Plenty more coming up. DeSager joins us next. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier in for Jason Martin, Fox Sports Radio. Oh, man. The boys are back in town.
8: Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier back like we never left yes sir i don't look I, I know we got the Sager coming up i don't know if the Sager has this story did you see that arena football game the arena football tour whatever it is between the warbirds and the dallas prime i know no no,
1: no. Was oh, it on the boy. Pac-12 network or what? Oh, you'll
8: be you'll be hearing about this. I guess at the end of the game, not only was there a brawl between the two teams, uh, the fans got into it. The players went into the stands. Fans started picking up folding chairs, hitting players over the head. I saw one of them get hit. There must have been about fifteen players in the stands. Uh, it's completely
6: chaos. It's chaos. It's just chaos. And not at the palace. You're saying it was malice elsewhere.
8: Yes. Yes. It was elsewhere. Unknowns, the Warbirds in the Dallas Pride. Unknowns in an
6: indoor football league tour. You're saying this is not no, even wait, a
8: league. Football. No, football league two.
6: Indoor football. Oh, okay. two. I Okay.
8: Yeah, I think it's the second one. I'm not. It's not the first one. I
6: think it's the second league. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't kept Jeez. track of all the wait. Do you football see that?
8: League. You you'll see the video. It's all over Twitter now. It's just coming out. Wait till you see. This is terrible man it's crazy hitting each other with metal chairs and stuff unbelievable
6: somewhat opposite of that the british open is going on this weekend <laughs> you know even with tiger woods in this the first couple of days and i know when i bring up tv ratings some people will think yeah well huge time difference with england and here but i'll compare it with wimbledon which had the exact same time difference last weekend usa network for first round of british open golf on thursday averaged 1.1 million viewers Wimbledon women's final got $1.2 million last Saturday, mm. and that was a final between Anz Jabeur and Elena Rabakina. The men's final got 2.2 million last weekend on cable. Expecting big ratings because MLB's All-Star game is on Fox this Tuesday night. Last year, Fox got over 8 million viewers for the All-Star game. And Jason's not here, but his Braves are going to go into the All-Star break as the only major league team so far that doesn't have a three-game losing streak. The defending champions are actually playing quite well this year, thank you. It's the longest any team's gone into a season without losing a third in a row since the 2009 Dodgers didn't lose a third straight game until Game 100 of that year. But the Atlanta Braves are in the same division as the Mighty Mets, so they're not a first-place team, Atlanta. Very much in the hunt, but keep in mind the new playoff format only the top two division winners in your league get to skip that first round best of three they're putting in starting this season. So as of now it would be the Mets and Dodgers going straight to the division series best of five and in the American League as of now it would be the Yankees and Houston doing so. Meanwhile in the NL Central, Milwaukee's lead is down to one game over St. Louis as the Cardinals won today and Milwaukee has just had a wretched last 24 hours in the Bay Area. Last night very late last night, the Brewers brought in their closer josh Hader, who's having an awful month suddenly yep he gave up three home runs including a (laughs) game-winning grand slam allowed six runs in the bottom of the ninth to lose the game they brought in a different reliever bottom of the eighth tonight and he Issued a bases loaded balk and Milwaukee lost two oh, one at San Francisco. Again, after everyone plays tomorrow, it'll be All Star break. Actually, Dodgers and Angels are the only two teams that don't play tomorrow after they end. That's it, crazy. I've never, heard of, yeah, yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's strange, and it has nothing to do with I think uh, you know Dodger Stadium being the site of the All Star because they're playing in Anaheim right. this weekend. Right. All I can think of is because the Dodgers, unlike most teams don't have Thursday off. They start a series with the Giants on Thursday at Ah. at the All-Star break, so maybe they're getting same number of days as most teams by taking tomorrow off. And there's no Sunday night game tomorrow either. As for the Houston Astros, again, the two best division winners at the moment in the AL, so they would get the first round by Yankees and Houston Justin Verlander's been sensational quietly. Houston shut out Oakland 5-0 today. Verlander had 10 strikeouts in six innings for the win, so he's 12-3, and ERA 1.89.
8: I bet on him in Vegas, and he lost. That one game a couple of weeks ago. <laughs>
6: so, so that continues. Anytime yeah. Arnie is a favorite, a favorite, uh, or someone becomes a favorite or favored by one Arnie Spanier, of course, oh, he, the kiss of death. It just
8: crushed me. It just crushed me.
6: <laughs> Justin Verlander at age 39 will be the oldest pitcher ever to lead the majors outright in victories at the All-Star break. Jeez. And also the first pitcher to lead the majors in wins at the break after missing the entire previous season due to injury. And a note from Stats Inc. that Verlander... Also the first pitcher in Major League history to go into the All-Star break with all of these things. Not only at least 12 wins and an ERA under two and opponents are batting under 200 against him for the season and a winning percentage of over 800 so far. Strikeout to walk ratio is five to one. He's just been sensational. What's the record for
8: wins going into the All-Star break, like 15 or something like that? For one pitcher?
6: Yeah. Knowing that the All-Star break is not exactly at the same time. What do you think it's not a
8: good question? Is that what I'm you're saying trying to tell me?
6: It's not quite apples to apples because it's not the same number of games. I
8: know Randy Jones for the Mets one year had fifteen, I believe, so that's Randy Jones for the Padres, you mean? No, he would pitch for the Mets that year.
6: Randy Jones? Yeah. Pretty Rand- sure. <laughs> Randy Jones had two great years for the Padres. I don't recall him ever having a great year for
8: anyone else. I'll have to look that up. I'll have to look that up. I will. will. Uh,
6: Don't want to forget another team that's in Houston's division. And the Seattle Mariners won their 13th game in a row, a 10-inning win at Texas. This is the team that has the longest playoff, playoff drought of the four major sports. There is an additional wild card in each league. It's possible that the drought for the Mariners ends this year. Yeah, he played for the Mets. I told you. No, but he didn't have 15 wins at all-star break. He had well, two see if I'm right. Well, how
8: would I remember something like that? I'll figure it out. Go ahead. Torres, help. And you want <laughs> any Benny Bayani
7: stories you want to share while we're on random Mets that weren't very good at any point? Ray Ordonez? <laughs> at least, Ordonez, you got he, at least he was
6: in the playoffs for the Mets, Benny <laughs> Uh The Lakers' summer league game is over. Scotty Pippen Jr. has been on their summer league team. He had 11 points in about 20 minutes tonight. Sharif O'Neal in about 10 minutes had 6 points as the Lakers beat Dallas. And also in the Summer League, Keegan Murray's been great. First rounder for Sacramento. Did not play in their game tonight. But the Houston first rounder in that contest, Jabari Smith, did play. Four of 15 shooting, 12 points, 12 rebounds as Sacramento beat the Rockets. By the way, Sacramento, one of those teams like Seattle that's been almost two decades without getting into the post. Now,
8: he was terrible for the Mets. I must be thinking yeah, about somebody else. by the else. way, Arnie
6: Spanier said he had
8: 15 wins at the
7: All-Star break. He had eight wins over two years yeah. for I the must Mets. be
8: thinking about somebody else else this
7: is fox i sports hate radio, you guys aaron torres, arnie you are coming up
8: no more randy jones talk
7: That's i hate next. you welcome back everybody our four fox sports radio aaron torres arnie spanier arnie in for jason martin should mention 20 minutes from now as always our buddy bernie fratto will join us he'll be hosting straight out of vegas top of the hour by the way i was thinking
8: about bobby jones was the pitcher okay
7: but you he said was, Randy
4: Jones.
8: Who but, went, he was, but he was only 15 and 9 for the Mets, so he couldn't have had 15 wins at the All Star break. So. I so you just butchered about. every element. I did. Of I right butchered. I butchered the whole damn thing. Yeah. So
7: you said Randy Jones. When it was thought, Bobby Jones? You said you thought Randy Jones may have had the MLB record for most wins at the All Star break. Yeah. He was a Met, and you guessed it was fifteen. He combined to go eight and eighteen in two years yes. as a pitcher. But for Bobby
8: the Mets. Jones was fifteen and nine for the Mets that year, but he couldn't have had fifteen wins at All Star break, so. So basically, you have no idea what you're doing. I have no idea what the hell I'm talking. And that's about. your team, so that's bad. Yeah, so it was a long time ago. What do you want from me?
7: Yeah. So what's so how are you enjoying being back on this Saturday night? Everything good so
8: far? So good. Yeah, it's good. You know, four hours still a grind. You know, it's very tough when you do a four hour show. But nobody's you uh, nobody's crying for us. That's for sure. Absolutely not.
7: Uh, by the way, Arnie will be back with Plank tomorrow around yes. uh, uh, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific. I'll be in for uh, George Reister with Dan Beyer. Oh, look at you getting a little Sunday action. Good for you, a making you work family. Action. Yeah, how about that, making You've been me taking work. a lot of
8: days off. You don't do much around here.
7: I'll tell you, you know, I, I will say this. This was the summer. Um, I felt no guilt about taking too many Saturdays. I took uh, one off for a wedding, one for a bachelor party, and then this week was a family vacation. Spent uh, eight days in beautiful fort lauderdale florida so
8: get out of here some fun down there or what huh
7: i did it was a family trip it definitely apparently it's a big spring break spot i had no idea because i had a buddy like oh yeah i I went on spring break there back in the day i'm like yeah well i'm with my mom and my in-laws so uh you know we're going to bed at like 10 o'clock every night
8: but uh it was relaxing man yeah
7: go ahead uh,
8: no no i was gonna say because you know you're speaking about going down to the beach i have my wife convinced because we're gonna go to aruba it looks like uh in november are you yeah, and we're going go to go on another trip. Well, she, she, it's her trip, really. We're going because of her and because of her work. And I told her that the beach we're going to is a topless beach. Really? So yeah, she's nervous about that. So, so you just flat out lied to her, or is that the truth? <laughs> no, it's not the truth. But you know, I'm willing to go to one. <laughs> I bet you are. I mean,
7: why you got to scare your wife like that? that that's not very nice what um I wish I could tell you what she said but I'm not gonna get that far oh no Uh-oh. <laughs> how is Beth is is her back doing okay from not only carrying your relationship but also shoveling the snow in, in Vermont yeah, every week no
8: no showed uh, no snow to shovel she's doing great and uh uh yeah we uh, we won't get that for another week or two until the snow comes back so there you go very good yeah there was some show where they, uh, I forget what show it was but they're like oh yeah that that
7: was the uh that that was the week that that summer came and it was uh you know <laughs> they lived in Canada or something like that so anyway uh you know I'll say this Arnie it, it for whatever it is July sixteenth feel Like, there's a lot going on in sports. I mean, right, right, we got the KD stuff. By the way, for people who missed it, LeBron showed up at the Drew League today. You uh, know,
8: back in my day, it would be the day the uh Monday coming up and the Wednesday coming up where the two days and no sports would be dead and you didn't know what to talk about. And this was the week that you, everybody took vacation for the summer because there was nothing going on and there was no games. And they said, eh, Take your vacation the week of the all star game, but you can't do that anymore.
7: Well, it's funny because you know. Even just in general, like, like. You know, I I heard and and it's so different for me. I get it. We uh, you know uh, I do one one show a week here on Fox Sports Radio, but uh, you know I heard Dan Patrick kind of going through uh, during the commercial break some list pro football talk or something. But it, you know they they called summer radio you know the list the list season or list radio right. or whatever. It doesn't feel like we have to do that anymore. Is that yes? We're always going to want to talk NFL, um, but with the NBA stuff, I mean. You know, think about what could happen here over the next couple weeks in the NBA. Kevin Durant could be on a new team. Kyrie Irving could be on a new team. Russell Westbrook could be on a new team. Donovan Mitchell. That's like four guys that are all stars. And we're talking about post, you know, July 15th here. We're not talking about July 1st, the day of free agency. We're talking about July, late July into August. We could have right. moves like this aren't
8: right. we? And we still haven't figured out what's going to go on with the rest of the Pac-12. You know there's going to be news before the start of the college football season. At least I think there's going to be where they're going to say, OK, the Pac-12 and the Big 12 have decided to merge or the Pac-12 decided to add these teams or whatever goes on. Um, You know that uh, I think there's going to be some news. I guess Gavin Newsom was pretty upset at UCLA um, for just leaving uh, like that to the Big Ten, and he was upset about that.
7: Yeah, I saw that story. You sent it yesterday for people who missed it. Gavin Newsom, obviously the governor of California. Um, Basically, the reason being, Arnie, and I know you know this, but for our audience that might not be as familiar, UCLA, of course, University of California at Los Angeles, Is part of the UC uh, school system, which is basically no different than any other state, right? Uh, University, you know, Alabama has University of Alabama at Tuscaloosa, where Nick Saban coaches, they have UAB, University of Alabama at Birmingham. So UCLA and UC Berkeley are part of the same school system. And so it's interesting because UCLA it's kind of like that old term you know cut off what is it cut off your nose despite your face or whatever like that and UCLA looked out for its own best interest but a school that's within its own school system with the same Board of Regents the same people essentially running this
8: and not the individual schools but the school system um, there's some people that are upset politically now yeah but there's other schools in the UC system that are not in the same division like a, a UC Riverside and, and the schools like that they don't they're not in the, the I know but they weren't the, Conference, the conference, though, you know, yeah, right,
7: right so, yeah. so, you know, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, I don't think anything legally can be done, but it's clear that there's some upset people about this. And what I'll say is, you know, with the with the Pac-12 stuff, I think it, that part is interesting. But I'm telling you, man, I'm still interested from the Big Ten and SEC perspective. Now, I know it was reported this week that the SEC is not going to be adding anybody. I get all that. But what I would also say is, all it takes is Notre Dame saying, we're going to the Big Ten. And for people who don't know, Notre Dame, uh, their TV contract isn't coming up in the not too distant future. Their TV contract is actually up right around the time that the Big Ten contract is up. Um, and so, you know, they have to make a decision on their future, not necessarily the second, but coming up here pretty soon. And so. I guess what I'm trying to say is I know the focus, especially I know you being an Arizona guy, you're obviously always going to worry about what's best for the Wildcats. But, you know, all it's going to take is Notre Dame saying, you know what, it's time we got to go to the Big Ten, and then we could see a potential another round of
8: realignment within those power conferences. Right, but I don't think they're going to say that. I think they're going to stay as independent. So we're not going to get anything settled there. Which means the Pac-12 will go have to go ahead and um, you know just say okay, we got to survive. Let's go ahead and get UNLV and San Diego State and do what we can, or let's merge with the Big Twelve. There's that's only really two options they have right now, and I'm not sure the Big Twelve really wants them to merge. Though a merge and making them into like a super, what would it be, 20 teams or 22 teams? I'm not even sure how many it would be right now. I'm so confused. Hmm. Um, Might be a way to combat the Big Ten and the SEC. Um, you got to give a lot of pieces of the pie to a lot of teams out there but um, you got to do something to keep up with the Joneses that's the only thing I could think of right now
7: yeah I don't uh, it's crazy because I don't really think it makes that much of a difference I mean you can and, and I've said this on, on this show with Jason is you can get 20 teams in the Big 12 or the ACC or whatever it's still not it's not a super conference not the way that the SEC and the Big 10 are because the, first of all the consolidation of power there's just so many more good teams in both the Big 10 and the SEC but also just the money difference I I mean, you know we're talking about uh, you know somewhere between 80 to a hundred million dollars per big 10 team going forward mm. mm-hmm. um, and the ACC right now is locked into a contract that's gonna pay them like 30 to 35 million over the next couple of years so it's not say that thirty35 million you can't run an athletic department on but you just talk about uh, you know financially everything that can be done and then I think the other thing that we have to remember too is um, is that we now live in a world where players get paid, and so I, I know NIL doesn't come from the schools specifically; it comes from, obviously, you know, local businesses and boosters and things like that. But I think that's another element of it as well: is that now the Big Ten just has more money, and the SEC has more money, where they can spend on whatever they're not as reliant on booster money, and that booster money can
9: go to the
8: players. You would think there'd be booster money in the Pac-12 also. I mean, there's some pretty uh, good, successful people that have come from Berkeley
9: and well, Stanford and let, UCLA. Let USC,
8: yeah. I'll
7: tell you this. I, I got this on Good Authority um, from someone at Stanford because so so when when all of this happened and everybody really wasn't certain what was the future of the s uh, uh, of the Pac twelve excuse yeah. me, um you know there there was talk that like is Stanford gonna kind of scale back some of the, the the power sports right like does Stanford really want to get in the business of of players making hundreds of
8: millions uh, hundreds of thousands if not millions a year? Well, they remember they wanted to. do to span the uh, the volleyball team. And I know a lot of people don't think that's a big deal, but they they send a lot of uh, people to the Olympics with men's volleyball, you know?
7: Yeah, and so I, I bring it up because I talked to somebody at Stanford that was like, you know, there's this thought out there that people want to stop, you know, to de-emphasize athletics here at Stanford. And he told me the exact opposite. He's like, if we ever get serious about NIL – we got some boosters that I don't care if you're in the SEC, I don't care if you're in the Big Ten. We got some boosters that could put us in a position that we could we could compete with anybody. Oh, I could for imagine. The best players. Yes.
8: I could imagine. I mean, what, Silicon Valley and the billionaires that have graduated from Stanford, or geez, I could. But if you're going to do that, wouldn't you think that the Ivy League schools would get a lot of NIL money too? There's so many smart people that graduate from there, also.
7: Yeah, but the NIL, the, the Ivy League schools aren't competing at the highest level. Stanford no. is, I guess, in theory, right now. Um, But it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. What would you say out of everything besides the Arizona Wildcats inevitably making the playoff? Of course, uh, what has you most excited about college football this year?
8: Well, just, I mean, just the matchups. I mean, it's always about the matchups. It's the fact that we're not going to have these rivalries any longer. So I'm going to have to enjoy the next two years with Oklahoma and Texas in the big 12 and with UCLA and USC in the Pac 12. And um, that's it after the next couple of years, we're not going to have that anymore. And then we won't know college football the way we really don't know college football the way it used to be anyway, but then it will really be a, a change of a game. Are you one of these people that just kind of accepts, Hey, this is, this is what
7: it is and whatever are, let me, let me even rephrase. Yeah, nothing I can do about it, but yeah. Are, are you, and, and that's how I feel too is that I'm I'm there's nothing I can do about it so I can sit here and whine and complain or I can just accept it. But I do think that a lot of what makes college football so great is the rivalry and is the tradition. I know everybody rolls their eyes when you talk about tradition and all that stuff. I do think college football is going to be losing some of that when we get to these you know these changes that are coming and then also any changes in the future where maybe well, you, we do have 20 uh, but you
8: know better than me though and we haven't even discussed this and I'm sure nobody really wants to hear this right now anyway. But it could be a good thing for college basketball. I just don't know what's going to happen to the Pac-12. You know, self-preservation for my Arizona Wildcats. But we're we're a dominant team. Where are we going to go? Is it is it going to be like ten teams from the Big Ten and eight teams from the SEC? And you know, how's that going to affect college basketball? I'm waiting to see. We haven't even thought about that.
7: Well, I I would say this. I don't think it's going to be a positive. And you know, Jeff Goodman actually reported this uh, this week. Is that I think you know in the not too distant future. You know, one, first of all, if the if the Big Ten and the SEC get past sixteen, like to twenty, I think that there just gets a point where they just hold their own postseason, where they don't need to have a "quote unquote" oh, wow. college football playoff. They just have a top four from the SEC play the top four, of the Big Ten, or whatever. But, you know, there's already talk about what does it mean for the NCAA tournament and would those would those power conference schools cut out some of the smaller schools? So uh, I'll say this. There, there's clearly a lot to be decided here in the coming weeks, months, and years. And I think, as you said, to start the segment, I think it all kind of starts with what's next for the schools that remain in the Pac-12. Do some of them go to the Big 12? Do they all stay together? Do they add teams
8: uh, it remains to be seen. And, of course, the Irish. But what would you want to do if you're a Notre Dame fan? And what do you want to do if you're Notre Dame? You're getting a lot of money from NBC, but then again, you could certainly get a lot of money from any of those other leagues.
7: Well, I think the the thing with Notre Dame, what's crazy, Arnie, though, really quick, and, and you know, we, we do have Bernie coming up, but um, Jason and I looked it up on air, and I was kind of blown away by this, Arnie, is I think we all think that Notre Dame has this incredible deal with NBC what did I just tell you that the Big Ten's going to make in a couple years? About 75 to $80 million a year. Right. Up to $100 million possibly, but go ahead. Notre Dame makes $15 million from their NBC deal. Sounded like a great deal when they signed it whenever that yeah. was. Not such a great deal now, is it? Not such a great deal now. And so so I remember talking to Jason about this 2 weeks ago when all this broke is that, you know, I don't know if NBC wants to stay in the college football game in the Notre Dame game. Obviously, they have some other properties, most notable Sunday night football. But if I was NBC and I was serious about keeping Notre Dame out of the Big 10, I would have gone to them a few weeks ago and ripped up that contract because that uh, that contract looks incredibly outdated. And, one, you're going to have to pay up big time to keep them independent. Uh, I would think that, obviously, uh, you know, NBC would be the most likely that would want them to stay independent because, keep in mind, obviously Fox would want them to join the Big Ten, uh, and maybe even ESPN would want them to join the SEC. So this is Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier in for Jason Martin here on a Saturday night. Must say, doing an incredible job driving this show. Coming up... <laughs> Bernie Fratto, straight out of Vegas. He'll join us. Uh, Bernie's got a lot on a lot of good stuff, but I do want to get his thoughts on the Big Ten, and also I saw him talking about Juan Soto earlier today, so we'll get his perspective on everything. Bernie Fratto
0: in Vegas coming up next, Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long.
10: Let's go places.
7: All right, Arnie. I forgot the name of the song was in the first line. Otherwise, I would have asked you what the name of the song was. But (laughs) this is Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier in for Jason Martin. And as I say every week at about 120 Eastern, when you hear Big Pimpin', it means only one thing. Bernie Fratto, straight out of Vegas. You'll hear him at the top of the hour, but you'll also hear him right now. Bernie, what's going on, man? How you doing?
4: Gentlemen, hello. Uh, You know, Bad Bunny did show up for the celebrity game, but Kyrie did not show up for the Drew League game. Now, I know it's against a lot of practice psychology without a license, but snubbing LeBron like that leads me to believe the Laker deal is all about off the table.
7: Or Ooh. it just means Kyrie is just being Kyrie, and that's oh, what that's, you that's,
4: do. That's basic. That's yeah. That's just basic. Yeah.
7: Oh, okay. Um. Okay. Okay. So real quick, Burn. I. I. You know, one of the big stories from today. We touched on it an hour two, Juan Soto turning down a fifteen-year, four hundred forty million-dollar contract comes out to about twenty-nine million a year. For people don't know, he plays for the Washington Nationals, young star, rising star. I saw you tweeting about it, Burn. So I wanted to give you the floor to talk a little bit about Juan Soto.
4: Yeah, so I'm sure folks remember uh, that right before they settled the lockout last March, uh, April, Juan Soto turned down $350 million from the Nats, so just by waiting four months, he could have made another $100 million. Remember, he is represented by Scott Boris, and Boris does things a little differently. Now, the reason he turned this deal down, and by the way, Soto said, look, I want to focus on baseball during the season. There's rumors that he doesn't want to beat Washington. That's not true. Number one, the deal is heavily backloaded, and there are several money deferrals that I don't think Boris likes. Secondly, the average average uh, the annual average annual value of the contract is only 29 million a year, and that that figure will get old fairly quickly. There's also a rumor that the Washington Nationals might be sold, so they believe if they're patient, maybe they'll get an even a better deal. But finally, Scott Boris likes to really test the open market with his players. And he, he typically, you know, doesn't want to negotiate the best deal for the for his clients until they have been eligible for free agency. And that's a couple years away. But I talked to a source today that I trust and said, mark your calendar. Boris will not only push for a $500 million deal plus when Juan Soto files for free agency, but he'll get it.
8: Well, how long would it take for him to get traded? Don't they have him under contract for another two, uh, team
4: control for two more years? They do, and they're not going to trade him. Mike Rizzo may have said that. Yeah, he's also been on record as saying he wouldn't trade Juan Soto. He's the Nats GM. Long and short of it is, I know he said it today, it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction. It would take a haul uh, worse than Rudy Gobert to get him. And so I don't, <laughs> I don't think he'll be traded, guys. He will not be traded.
7: Burn one quick thing before we get to Vegas as well uh, obviously you know one thing Arnie and I were talking about right before we brought you on you know the future of the Big 12 the future of the Pac-12 and college sports uh, this week the SEC came out and said that as of right now they're, they're content with 16 teams obviously the 16 would be including Oklahoma and Texas when they join uh, do you get any sense that the Big, T- the Big 10 will go beyond the 16 that they now have with UCLA and USC of course keep in mind Bernie worked in Michigan for 20 years no that area of the country really well.
4: I do now, uh, because since we talked last week, I have checked a couple of things out. Uh, I'm not going to say it's going to happen this week or next week or before this football season, but I know they're talking to Notre Dame again. I know the ACC is talking to Notre Dame. I know the SEC is talking to Notre Dame, and now there's rumors that the Pac-12 is going to talk to Notre Dame if they haven't already. Uh, it doesn't hurt to talk, but I think the the the, the – pers- the, The preference for Notre Dame would be in this order. Big Ten, uh, ACC second, SEC third, and Pac-12 fourth. Notre Dame's all about two things, a path to the playoffs and getting the amount of money they can get. So, yeah, there's conversations, Aaron. And to your point, who else would the Big Ten add? Not sure. But, uh, yeah, I I think you'll see one to two more teams be added here. Might take a year or so.
7: Very good, Burn. Kind of staying with everything to do with the Vegas stuff. Um, just just keep us posted. I mean, it's we're a couple weeks away here from, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, training camps really ramping up, college football, everything like that. Uh, what is everybody excited about in Vegas at this particular moment?
4: Well, the final, Matt. You know, major of the year, the British Open. The books really cleaned up uh, because Tiger, you know, missed the cut, and he, there was a ton of money that came in on Tiger. Uh, to make the cut, although it was plus money, one one better even came in, bet thirteen thousand dollars for Tiger uh, to make the cut. Tiger was six to one to finish in the top ten. That got a lot of money. He was plus two fifty to finish in the top twenty, and although he was forty to one in some books, sixty five to one in some books, and a hundred and ten to one in circa, there was a ton of money that came in on Tiger. One of my moles told me. I he, I guess he walked fifty eight holes. Uh, to test his legs at the old course last weekend, and he was limping, and he was laboring, and it became a quest to survive, not hit the golf ball. So it's not surprising to me uh, that Tiger uh, did not make the cut, but the books cleaned up on that quite a bit. What you're starting to see now, Aaron, is a heavy dose of NFL futures betting. Believe it or not, guys, uh, Wednesday, Raiders report to camp, and they'll play in the Hall of Fame game three weeks from thursday wow but one of the teams people are talking about that well i'll tell you what there's one team everybody's fading big time and that's the dallas cowboys and the reason is is because they went 12 and 5 last season their over under is 10 and a half this season but last season they only had two wins versus playoff teams and both were against philadelphia and Philadelphia was the weakest playoff team in the field. But they lost to Tampa Bay, Kansas City, the Raiders, and Arizona. So they were 2-4 and four versus playoff teams. Secondly, their, their defense ranked only 18th in opponents' yards per game, and they lost Randy Gregory. That's a big loss. Finally, the Cowboys were number one last year in turnover differential, and that typically correlates to wins, and Dallas did win 12 games last year. But history shows you're not going to keep that up back-to-back years. What goes up must come down. We believe the Cowboys could be a nine-win team this year.
8: Bernie. we talked about this. uh, I was filling in on Wednesday, but um, every year since 2004, we've had a team go from worst to first, except for two years. I believe that was 2014, 2019. Um, This year, who are we looking at for worst to first, and what kind of odds can we get?
4: Yeah, good question, Ernie. And by the way, we had two teams in 2018, so there's a bit of a parallel. One of those teams were the Bears, who went 12-4, first-year coach Matt Nagy. He came in to work with Mitch Trubisky. One trendy bet here in Vegas is the New York Giants at 8-1. to one. Now here's why, and by the way, they're in the same division as Dallas. The NFC East is very weird. No one's produced a repeat champion there since 2004. So Brian Dable comes in. He's the guy who developed Josh Allen in Buffalo. We'll see what he can do with uh, uh, Daniel uh, Jones. Last year's defense in New York wasn't that bad, and plus they had an elite pass rusher in Kayvon Thibodeau. But here's why we're all intrigued. Consider the New York Giants' schedule this year. They play the Carolina Panthers, Chicago Bears, Jacksonville, Seattle, Houston, and Detroit. Not exactly murderer's row. They get the Washington Commanders twice. So what does this all mean? None of these teams have better than a 60-1 to odds to get to the Super Bowl. So the Giants could theoretically win 10 games without beating a single playoff team along the way. Wow. And then we'll see how they do in their division against Dallas. But the other team that's a hot bet are the Ravens. They're 2-1. to one. Yes, they were last place in the NFC North last year, but that was still only two games back of Cincinnati. They lost Lamar Jackson for five games. They lost both of their running backs or two top running backs before the season even started. They lost two starting quarterbacks. If they stay healthy, there's no reason they should not compete to win that division and I would just say this, he had a very good draft, and I am a believer in the defense. So there's a situation where it goes down, must come up. Baltimore and New York, Baltimore only two-to-one favorites to go from worst to first. He is
7: Bernie Frado. You can hear him at the top of the hour, straight out of Vegas, uh, coming up at 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, taking you straight through 6 a.m. Eastern time. Also, make sure to follow him on Twitter, at Bernie Fratto. Bernie, as always, we appreciate the time, my man. We'll talk soon.
4: Thanks, Bernie. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Uh, Good to be with you. Thank you.
7: Not only will we talk to Bernie, we'll be listening to him at the top of the hour. Again, straight out of Vegas, 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Coming up, we react to some of the things that Bernie said. Maybe talk a little bit about that team that will go from worst to first. Before we do, though. Wait
8: a minute. I thought you had a special topic for me also coming up next, too.
7: I might have one to two, but can we get to no, Steve you know DeSager what with what's about? trending?
8: Well, you know what I'm talking about, though, don't you? <laughs> DeSager, what's trending? How hey. is it? Randy Jones? Is that what's trending no, right it's, now? It's, it's that kid, that seven year old kid that has to be bothered. Okay, you 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 or check Bobby on, Jones. Ra- check on Randy
7: Jones's stats, and maybe we'll get to that wow. in hour five. No, we'll get to it. Oh my God, he's like a little yeah, you kid. Gotta, I have
6: to get to that story. Next up, we'll hear from Arnie. Golfer Bobby Jones once made the All Star wow. Game with the Met. okay to say after too, a, uh, a cursory perusal. By the way, there was apparently a decade ago, a Colorado pitcher, Baldo Jimenez, had 15 wins at All Star break. But apparently, wow, the you. the best first half by a pitcher who made the All Star team. Vita Blue about 15 years ago with 17 and three at the break in the year where he won the Cy Young and for the, the MVP. Right? Yeah, actually yeah, nice. 1971 A's. Forward. I'm glad he mentioned the Raiders veterans report on Wednesday for most teams. Vets report on the 26th this month, but NFL rookies start reporting to training camp on Monday for a couple of teams. U.S. swept the men's 100-meter final at the World Championships in Eugene, Oregon tonight, led by Fred Curley. Rory McElroy is tied for the four-stroke lead at the British Open, tied with Victor Hovland. They'll tee off in the final round before 10 a.m. Eastern time. Now the final round at St. Andrews Andrew Scotland actually begins with the lesser golfers at about 2.30 a.m. Eastern. Justin Thomas tees off at 4.30 a.m. Eastern. Rory McIlroy, a huge fan favorite over there, has not won a major in eight years. NBA Summer League schedule ends in Vegas tomorrow night. Utah is finally finalizing hiring Jason Terry as an assistant coach, according to The Athletic. From the... uh, Arizona Wildcats Uh, basketball uh, program. That's right. As we say every week, this is Arizona basketball. This is Arizona football. Jason Terry. (laughs) We'll see. Jason Terry has been a G League uh, head coach. To Major League Baseball, everything is final, and the Mighty Mets not only won again, they won two at Wrigley Field, Chicago, each in extra innings. You know, Monday night at Dodger Stadium, Pete Alonzo is going to defend his home run derby crowns. He has won the last two. In this twin bill at Wrigley, he had the game winning RBI in extra innings in each game one in the 11th and then one in the 10th. So, in a road doubleheader in history, he's the first major leaguer to have the game-winning RBI in extras, both games, over a road doubleheader since Hank Aaron 1956. Jeez. So kind of a good day for him. And on the opposite side for the Cubs, a really strange thing. Michael Givens was the losing pitcher in each game. He's the first pitcher in over 100 years at least to lose multiple games in a single day without allowing an earned run in either game. Wow. This is how bad the Cubs have been going. This is nine straight losses for Chicago. The game was rained out yesterday. That's why they were playing, two. the split doubleheader. Uh, The Mets got two runs, top of the 10th of the nightcap, on a bases-loaded hit batter and a throwing error. And then bottom of the night, the Cubs load the bases, chance to get right back in it and ground into a double play to end the game. Wow. Colorado won its fifth straight game. St. Louis beat the Reds, but Nolan Arenado of the Cards will miss the All-Star game with a bad back. He did not play today. Atlanta sent Washington to a ninth straight loss, 6-3. to three. Austin Riley of the Braves hit his 27th homer. He was added to the NL All-Star roster. And you mentioned Juan Soto turning down the 15-year contract offer from the Nets. Washington has only 30 wins this year. The Dodgers only have 30 losses by comparison. Yeah. And these two teams were dead even in the playoffs against each other only three years ago. They started selling off or trading off players at the trade deadline last year, Max Scherzer and many others. The Washington Nationals win loss record since the trade deadline last summer. Is 48 and 105.
8: Oh, that's good.
6: Yikes. Seattle Jeez. won its thirteenth straight game, a 10-inning win at Texas 3-2. Minnesota beat the White Sox 6-3. Losing pitcher Lance Lynn, who was so good last year, now has an ERA of seven and a half at All-Star Break. Cleveland, a 10-0 winner over Detroit. Philadelphia won 10-0 at Miami. Kyle Schwarber, his 29th homer. He'll be the number one seed for the home run derby on Monday night in LA. And Schwarber's batting 211 this year, just for the record. Houston shot out. Oakland 5-0 behind Justin Verlander. Houston's Jose Altuve will miss the All-Star game. He was hit by pitch on the knee on Thursday night. Toronto won in 10 innings. Baltimore won in 11. San Francisco and San Diego with wins. Yankees pounded Boston 14-1. Matt Carpenter had seven RBIs, including a couple of homers. He's batting 360. Aaron Judge with two more homers. He has 33. Now, Garrett Cole of the Yankees is due to start tomorrow's game, so likely out of the Tuesday All-Star game. The Dodgers were 7-1 winners over the Angels in Anaheim. Julio Urias, seven innings, eight strikeouts, got the win. Trey Turner, two homers. Max Muncie, a three-run homer. Freddie Freeman, who grew up near Anaheim, a solo homer. Mike Trout, all-star starting outfielder, was scratched again from the lineup. Back spasms. He's been out since Tuesday. We'll see if he plays on This Tuesday night when the actual all-star game is on Fox TV. And one other note, U.S. women's soccer will play Canada Monday night in the final of the qualifying tournament that's been going on for a couple weeks in Mexico. The winner of Monday's game gets an automatic berth into the Summer Olympics in 2024. The U.S. head coach has a great win-loss record, Vladko Andonovsky, since he was hired three years ago. With him running the U.S. women's team, they are 38-2 and two with six ties. One of the two losses was against Canada in the Olympic semifinal in Tokyo last summer. Pay this back. is the rematch on Pay Monday back. night. And no, it's not on TV. Back to you. Oh. Thank you, Steve DeSager. This is Fox Sports
7: Radio, Fox Sports Saturday. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier in for Jason Martin. Really quick, Jason chimes in. He says, you can tell Arnie and Aaron are brothers They fight each other, but love each other. Thank you, family, for the last four hours of sports chat, love, and respect for both of you.
8: Wow. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that.
7: So, Jason, thank you, as Arnie just said. And because I love you like a brother, because I'm a nice guy, and nice guys finish last, I will allow you to talk about this story that you have been bugging me about all day.
8: Well, no, I just. Uh, well, first of all, it was a viral video. I'm I sure know this is an audio medium, but continue. Uh, of a uh, what was it like an eight-year-old, nine-year like it looked like an eight-year-old basketball game. I mean, an eight-year-old kids basketball game, and they're playing against another team. Nothing's crazy about it, but it has one little eight-year-old boy taking a uh, just a little shot, a little jump shot uh, from the corner. He makes the basket. And then he immediately goes down to the court and pretend like he's sleeping. Kind of like the way Steph Curry, who made a basket, uh, put his hands together and put his head on his hands like he was sleeping. And then Steph Curry actually tweeted in um, something to the effect of he has him sleeping or something like that. Went to sleep
7: on him. I got the tweet from
8: him. went to sleep on him on that. Um, Are you kidding me? An eight-year-old kid just laying out on the court. First of all, you got to get back on defense. <laughs> Second of all, if if I'm the coach, he's out of the game, and he's sitting right next to me. If I'm his father, you can't be doing that. That, that that's you're not Steph Curry. You can't be acting like that. I'm not going to jump on Steph Curry because obviously the kids, you know, want to emulate their stars. But that was just that was tough to see, and it was it, it was viral. People were loving it. You can't do something like that when you're seven or eight years old. You've got to teach the kids more respect and more sportsmanship than doing something like that. I I actually am disappointed that Steph Curry supported that type of action. I I didn't like it at all. So, okay, so to be clear, this is a kid
7: who made, first of all, it was like a two-foot jump shot.
8: If I remember, yeah, it was like a, a little short
7: jumper, too. Yeah. If I remember correctly, in the playoffs, Curry did this, but it was late in a series. I think it was late, you know, in Game Six against the Celtics. Right. But all he did is, as he was running back down the court, put his hand on his head. This kid falls on the ground right. and lays on the ground and puts his hands to his head, and so they're two complete. That's not the same celebration. That's a completely different celebration, and. You know, I don't want to sound like old guy on my lawn here, right? Right. But I am a hundred percent with you. If I'm the coach, I probably pull him. Oh yeah. Here's the to. other thing.
8: You have to.
7: I don't condone violence, but if somebody did that to me in a game, oh, they're getting a a, a foot to the face. I, no, I'm sorry.
8: Now we're talking about some eight year olds now, so well, but, um, they're getting I an eight year old be-
7: foot to the face if I'm an eight year old playing against them.
8: I could see people getting upset about it, but that was just completely disrespectful. I, I don't, And people are loving it on the internet. They're liking it. They're retweeting it. It was completely disrespectful. I can't believe anybody would condone that.
7: Yeah. The world that we live in, the world that we live in, um, yes, this kid took a jump shot and then immediately falls on the floor and does the Steph Curry um, asleep. Arnie Spanier incredibly is not asleep despite it being well past his bedtime. This is Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier and for Jason Martin. One more segment to come and then of course Bernie Frado following us at the top of the hour. This is Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back everybody. Fox Sports Radio. Arnie, do we still call it Fox Sports Saturday, considering that half of uh, the country is now into Sunday? I don't know. How to hell? Fox Sports weekend. How about that? It Let's is Fox Sports this. weekends. Yes. Uh, Arnie Spanier in for Jason Martin. Should mention Arnie back 11 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow with Chris Plank. I will be in at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific with Dan Beyer, filling in for George
8: Reister. Uh, Arnie, first of all, Had a good time, man. It was good to catch up. Absolutely. but Quick show today. Fast four hours. No doubt about that.
7: Faz, it's what happens when you work with a a great co-host like me, although you do every week with Chris Plank. Absolutely. He has a
8: golden mic. What's wrong with you?
7: I know. Uh, You have um, a... uh, Yeah, you got that. Uh, I got nada. Don. Give us a little music. Put us in the mood. Arnie, we usually do picks in this segment. Not very much going on this week uh, unless you have some... uh,
8: Well, a couple things. First of all, I I do think we're going to find out about the Deshaun Watson case on Friday. And I think the punishment is going to be six games uh, handed down by Sue Robinson. Then there'll be the appeal. I think it will get down to three games or four games. But I think we're going to hear about that this Friday. I also think, well, go ahead. What do you, what do you think is going to happen with Donovan Mitchell? I mean, not uh, with uh, Tappas. With I'll do the Donovan Mitchell one next.
7: I don't think Donovan Mitchell will get suspended for six games. I do think Deshaun Watson, when it's all said and done, I think it ends up being six. I don't know if it starts higher and it, it's appealed. I don't know if the appeal is denied, whatever. Uh, Arnie, you said Donovan Mitchell. This time next week, when I come on air with Jason Martin, will Donovan Mitchell be a member of the Utah Jazz or someone else?
8: The New York Knicks. Uh, they're going to get it done. Uh, it's just going to take. Uh, them agreeing on it. There's no doubt he's going to leave Utah. The Knicks are the team that are going to get him. It's just how much are they going to give up in compensation. So I, I think that's going to be done by this week also.
7: Kevin Durant, when I come on air next week, will Kevin Durant be a member of the Brooklyn Nets?
8: Yeah, I think he will. I, I used to think that it was going to be inevitable that he was going to end up going somewhere else. I'm not. I don't believe that anymore. I think when uh, you get on the air next week, you'll see that Kevin Durant's still a Brooklyn Net, and we're not any closer to finding out a solution for him at all.
7: How about Kyrie Irving? Will he be a member of the Brooklyn Nets?
8: Yeah, he will be. Also, uh, I don't think it's going to end up it'll end up with the Lakers just yet. Um, I mean, it still could possibly happen, but I think as the week goes along. They're still going to go ahead and, and wait for the best deal, so I I think he's still going to be on the Brooklyn Nets this week. Also, I know we talked
7: about the different options. Do you believe that by the start of the season they'll both still be with the Nets, or do you believe they'll be traded? I
8: least- still think that you know what I I think Kevin Durant's going to be on the Nets. I somehow feel that Kyrie's going to weasel himself <laughs> off and end up with the Lakers, and then I'm not sure what the Nets are going to do after that. But yeah, I could see Kyrie weaseling his way off. And then, you know, does that mean Russell Westbrook is going to have to go to the, to the Nets? Is that what's going to happen, no, or what?
7: They, they either, even if he does, they would buy him out. He's not— uh, Well, it'd be, uh, you know,
8: kind of like a reunion with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Well, then they
7: could trade for James—oh, Ho- wait, they traded for him already and it did yeah, not work the, out. That's done. yeah. Um, That ship sailed
8: already, that's for sure
7: I had one more question for you, but I can't really remember What it was Uh, What else is going on? All-Star game I mean, NL-AL, you gotta pick a team Who you got?
8: Yeah, I always go with the NL I'm an NL guy, I know the AL's been Dominant, but I'm gonna go with the NL I think there's gonna be some runs in this one So, uh, you know, it's not like in the day we used to watch and see how Fernando was going to do or how many strikeouts he's going to have. So um, I'm going to take the end on. I'm going to take the over in that one also.
7: Yeah, I just remember the days, you know, Randy Jones on the mound, that Mets uniform. I made
8: one mistake for crying out loud. Well, you
7: made several. You, You got the wrong guy, the wrong team, the wrong years. He wasn't good. Yeah, but
8: that's only just one big mistake. That's all under the same umbrella. All right,
7: last one. Arizona Wildcats when they open college football 7 weeks from today. They'll be playing a Pac-12 schedule, but will they be in another conference in the future? Will that be official by
1: then?
8: I think the only I think what's going to happen is the Pac-12 will merge with the Big 12 Um, and that's going to be the next one. I don't think that the Pac-12 wants to go ahead and go after UNLV and San Diego State and schools like that. They weren't getting a lot of money from their TV revenue anyway, so I think there's a merger that's going to happen, and it will happen with the Big 12. I'll tell you what, Arnie. I think
7: that's about all we have time for. So first of all, thank you for coming in. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. You know, you didn't say anything crazy tonight. I'm a little disappointed no nah, yeah nothing too crazy but you know what we got to get out of here you'll be back tomorrow night with chris plank i'll That's be back right. uh tomorrow 5 p.m eastern with dan byer want to get out of here want to thank the crew uh don on the boards we always appreciate your help producer Bo, steve desager coming up Bernie Fratto, straight out of Vegas he will get you ready for all things NFL. Juan Soto, you name it. Uh, Arnie is back tomorrow with Chris Plank. I'm in at 5 p.m. Eastern again with Dan Beyer. For Arnie Spanier, I'm Aaron Torres, Fox Sports Radio.